Gold, mister, is worth what it is because of the human labor that went into the finding and the getting of it. Never thought of it just like that. Well, there's no other explanation, mister. Gold itself ain't good for nothing except for making jewelry with gold teeth. Humphrey Bogart has been hailed as the greatest male star of classic American cinema. It is easy to see why, with performances in some of the most iconic Hollywood films of the 1930s to 1950s. Bogart cut his teeth for the first decade of his film career in supporting roles as gangsters and criminals. He played roles like Duke Van Tee in The Petrified Forest, and Hugh Babyface Martin in Dead End. Don't you, Duke? I don't know, pal. I wasn't listening. All right, then let me speak for you. He could have been across the border by now and safe, but he prefers to remain here. Do you know why? Why? Because he has a rendezvous here with a girl. Isn't that true, Duke? Yes, pal, that's it. In 1941, Humphrey Bogart broke out and became a star first with High Sierra, and then the John Huston-directed Maltese Falcon. I've no earthly reason to think I can trust you, and if I do this and get away with it, you'll have something on me that you can use whenever you want to. If I've got something on you, I couldn't be sure that you wouldn't put a hole in me someday. Bogart's career had skyrocketed at the same time as World War II ramped up, and it was World War II that gave him the role he's probably remembered for above all others. With the American entry into the war after being an ally-aligned, technically neutral power, Bogart got to play Rick in Casablanca, his first romantic lead and the film that would make him an international star. He's looking at you, kid. The rest of the 40s saw him paired with future wife Lauren Bacall in To Have and Have Not, The Big Sleep, Dark Passage, and Key Largo. All of these films are now considered classics in their own right, the peak of golden age Hollywood cinema. 1948 saw Bogart working with John Huston once again, both on Key Largo and on The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Tonight, we're going to talk about the treasure of the Sierra Madre. Let's, am I? Huh? Let me tell you something, my two fine dead fellows. You're so dumb, there's nothing to compare you with. You're dumb than the dumbest jackass. Look at each other, will you? Did you ever see anything like yourself for being dumb specimens? <laughs> <laughs> the book of the same name was written by B. Traven, a mysterious author whose life and even identity is disputed and basically unknown. He is thought to be the same person as a German stage actor and anarchist named Brett Marut, who edited a newspaper called Der Ziegelbrenner. 
Craven moved to Mexico and wrote 12 novels, largely set in Mexico, including The Treasure of the Sierra Madre in 1927. Craven's work, both The Treasure of the Sierra Madre and the so-called jungle novels that he published afterwards about the Mexican Revolution, became incredibly popular for the next two decades. During the filming of Treasure of the Sierra Madre, John Huston wrote to B. Traven, offering to hire him as a consultant. Traven declined, but said that he'd send his agent, Hal Croves, to work on set with them instead. It later turned out that Hal Croves was actually B. Traven, working under another one of his many assumed names. The period between 1941, when Houston and Humphrey Bogart made The Maltese Falcon, and 1948, had seen Bogart's rise to being Warner Brothers' biggest star. Houston and Bogart were both engaged, as all Hollywood had been, in making war propaganda. When Houston came back from making propaganda documentaries, he set about planning the treasure of the Sierra Madre. Humphrey Bogart wanted in. After years of making films where he was romantic leads, heroes, and private detectives, he was happy to be able to play the worst shit you ever saw. <laughs> the treasure of the Sierra Madre is a story of three Americans, Fred C. Dobbs, played by Bogart, Tim Holt as Bob Curtin, and John Houston's father, Walter Houston, as Howard. We're all poor American beggars living in the Mexican town of Tampico. Tampico is the home to both an oil rush and a gold rush. Hey, mister. Why don't you take a fellow American to a meal? After working as roughnecks and getting cheated out of money by the sleazy Pat McCormick, who hires laborers and tries to cheat them out of their wages to set up the oil camps. Curtin and Dobbs take the little bit of money they got by beating up McCormick and some well-timed lottery winnings, and they throw in with the old prospector, Howard, to try to make their fortune in gold. Gold, however, corrodes men's souls. The greed drives them to crazed paranoia. 50, 100, black roulette. One more turn, you know, always one more. <laughs> it wouldn't be that way with me. I swear it wouldn't. The mountains where the gold is found is full of people lurking, including bandits and indigenous tribes. Fred C. Dobbs is, even more than the others, singularly unprepared to deal with the insanity that comes from striking gold. In today's pop culture, this has sometimes been called the age of the anti-hero. Especially with the rise of prestige American TV, we love to see our protagonists not only be complex, murky, and ambiguous, but sometimes even fully break bad. However, the anti-hero stories have not always been easy to tell on the screen. Common in the early 20th century French literature and mid-20th century American literature, the anti-hero is completely alienated from society, unconventional, and lacking common scruples. The French fascination with anti-heroes went hand-in-hand -hand with existentialism, where questions of destiny, purpose, and morality were explored and often left unanswered. These stories were harder to tell in the realm of American cinema as the Hays Code left strict moral and ethical standards for characters to follow. Early Hollywood wanted unambiguous heroes and villains. Heroes must win and villains must be punished. Yet still, Humphrey Bogart's characters have almost always walked the line where they could. Breaking Casablanca, who is secretly just as sentimental as anyone about Ilsa and defeating the Nazis, pretends to have a strict personal neutrality. I stick my neck out for nobody. Wise foreign policy. Sam Spade in Maltese Falcon seems like he's actually going along with the plans to acquire the Maltese Falcon until the end. I won't because all of me wants to, regardless of consequences. And because you counted on that with me, the same as you counted on that with all the others. Humphrey Bogart also got chances to play unambiguous villains as a career criminal in High Sierra and an escaped murderer in Dark Passage. However, the treasure of the Sierra Madre gives us the chance to see Humphrey Bogart break bad. 
for that, it's a rare role in classic Hollywood, one that even a brilliant star like Humphrey Bogart had to lobby for hard. Oiga, señor, we are federales. You know, the mountain police. If you're the police, where are your badges? Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Hit that bell to get notified whenever we're streaming. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live stream, send us a super chat, which helps me keep the show running, and which I am obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer. <laughs> we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are on there forever. We also have a new Discord and a Letterboxd HQ account, so those are two more places to follow along with us. Links are in the description. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Conan Neutron, host of Bretonic Reversal, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends has a new split LP with Lung, Adult Prom, available now on Bandcamp. J. Andrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, artist for Gives of an Argument, co-host for Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Christina Oaks, this Barbie is streaming on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Cosmopolitics. Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky at Cosmopolitics. Send her some subs on Twitch. Eileen Jones, the host of the Film Suck podcast, the author of Film Suck USA, and a film critic at Jacobin, as well as a former UC Berkeley professor in the Department of Film and Media. I, of course, am your poverty-stricken host who would never be greedy about gold, Horace Miller. You should join our <laughs> Patreon so I can stop panhandling. <coughs> Gold. This show would be lucky to get Iron Pyrite. Am I right? Eileen, <laughs> mm. welcome back. It's been a while. Hi, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. We donned our finest hats just for the occasion. Thank you. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> I donned my new wig. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't we, don we all, uh, I got nothing. <laughs> I didn't Andy's get the ad memo. So. Andy's definitely the one that's uh that's been hanging out in the in the hotel, the Oso Negro, uh trying to tell anybody who would listen that he that he's been all over the place looking for gold, right? Pretty that's cool. that's Andy's <laughs> role in the <laughs> people are saying this more and more. <laughs> uh this this is uh great to be talking about Treasure Shea Madre. Personally, this is an all-time favorite film of mine. And uh, I was kind of shocked that we didn't cover it, especially since we already did an adventure month, but I don't remember mm -hmm. why we didn't, but it's doubly awesome to have Eileen on because yeah. uh, I feel like this is Eileen Jones catnip, <laughs> Treasure Sierra Madre. Would you oh, agree? Oh, it is. It, I, in fact, I love it so much, I kind of forget it. It feels like it's part of, yeah. it's part of me. I've seen it. They used to run it on TV constantly when I was a kid. So I saw part of or all of it so many times. It's just in my in my marrow. Um, Did so you end up reading the book for this for this? Uh, and finally. I never read the book, so it was also fabulous. To, I always meant to to finally to finally read B. Traven because he's so legendary. You're just like, and he's just as good as everyone says. I think. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Especially especially like uh, you know. For like people that I mean, because I I worked at Jacobin for a little bit. Like you work at Jacobin, like especially from like a socialist perspective, it's like, oh no, this guy is this guy is definitely like uh, farther left than anything that exists right now. I think like I'm pretty sure he's oh, like a, a German anarchist. Like he yeah. like to the point where he got kicked out of Germany for being 
like too far yeah. to the left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> For part of what was it, the the Bavarian Socialist Republic, which I didn't even know existed, or some crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you also, say so. Yeah. Part of the uh, he was part of like the, the which Soviet lasted Republic, a month, I think. I think, <laughs> the, I think but, yeah. the, the Rosa Luxemburg one uh, at the time, like he was part mm -hmm. of that act mm -hmm. of the um, yeah. So they like they're like, no, you're we're gonna like, you're gone. You're and then gone, he spent the rest yeah. of his life uh, on the run, but like long after World War II was over, and like twenty years, he's like, he was like that one Japanese guy that was, you know, still thought he was fighting <laughs> yeah. World War II or whatever. In the, yeah. <laughs> or at least still convinced they're gonna find him and drag him back, like decades later. I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Supposedly, anyway. <laughs> the thing that got me about this is I kind of mm. forgotten just how much it's in popular culture, like mm -hmm. Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yes, eight you know? ball bunny, one of my favorites. <laughs> like, and I remember because I remember seeing the character, mm -hmm. the Dobbs character in that Bugs Bunny cartoon without yeah. having known like what yeah. the heck Treasure Share Madre is. <laughs> right, right. When I was a kid, I had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. how would you? Yeah, and also, but it was uh, so great the out. way they shot that. That was genius. They yeah. show his pants walking into each scene, and everything would stop. And then, right, I loved that. That was brilliant. Yeah, it's it's and it's so it's interesting that I, I again given the just how unlikely it is that this movie ever would be made because remember Bogart they didn't this is not the movie that people wanted from Bogart right. at all yeah I agree when I think of Bogart <laughs> I think of film noirs with Lauren Bacall yeah so when course. I saw this I was like it's fine I guess I'll You're like, watch dudes a rock genre. fine yeah. <laughs> Well, but once you get used to him and his he's so good at grousing and complaining and being a malcontent that once you yeah. see him do it you just want to he, it's so good and it sounds like it was sort of a bit like his own personality he talked about how he liked to sit around and complain and <laughs> carry on drink well um, it, like captain Quig or you know he, he even um what charlie allnut and an african queen someone who's kind of hanging back and you know finds life you know <laughs> kind but of it, and it's a good role there's meat to it because role. because if you think about all right talk like it's funny because i think last time you're on for banshees even a sheeran right and we, and we were talking yeah. about how a certain uh be eyebrowed individual uh had been typecast mm -hmm. as a himbo and was like oh no this dude could actually act mm -hmm. right like, the right. irish are coming well. for us for us they're coming for our roles that you know pretty soon <laughs> i mean seriously the irish are coming guys we better watch out they're but Bogart was else. like was, yeah, they, was like that of that era to a certain degree because mm -hmm. people like loved uh, for good reason those are good movies casablanca yeah. uh mm -hmm. maltese falcon love those films don't get me wrong mm -hmm. but he's a real bastard in this like, yeah. which is awesome and he's like so good like gollum like almost from yeah. lord of the rings <laughs> yeah like, like gollum like as opposed to like uh you know like a, a big bad or like a villain that starts out right. as a villain right like mm -hmm. like somebody so corrupted by the end of the movie that yeah. like you know what I mean like break like it, it is like a breaking bad thing where they start out I'm glad you put that in the intro fine. because that's exactly yeah. it because it's it's mm -hmm. that that slow just chipping yeah. away of the of the corruption of the human soul right you know I know I read a hilarious uh uh review kind of belated review by Roger Ebert mm -hmm. and he does something awful where he tries to argue that the the whole movie is really a kind of simple morality tale and it's a test of character. So we simply see Fred C. Dobbs has a bad character. <laughs> and I was reading right. this going, you're taking this movie and making it into what Hollywood, the Hollywood's, what Warner Brothers and Jack Warner would have loved it to be and exactly what it isn't. 
Because right. the whole fascination mm-hmm. is Fred C. Dobbs starts, and he only calls himself Fred C. Dobbs when he's cracking. I love that too. Yeah, he starts using his full name, including the initial. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. But at first, he's like, you know, a guy who's, you know, he's 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 no better, no worse. You know, the, the Howard keeps saying, you know, he's he's as honest as most people. He's not a bad guy, even when he's yeah. losing it. But yes, it's a fellow American down on his luck, right? Yeah, he's just a fellow American down on his luck. Down on his luck in Mexico, which is like a real bad, like a situation you do not want to be in. Down uh, like the you know the interwar years when, um, yeah, like if there's one place my sister says she will never go is Cancun. I'm like, man, the Backstreet Boys are having a big event there. She's like, never going to Mexico again in my life, and I'm like. You can take my sister, my mom, to two big concerts for a 60th, but you can't take your sister down. Okay, I'll, I, I see how it is. treasure of the Sierra Madre once. We, yeah, <laughs> we occupied Tampico. Like, that was the thing during uh, Woodrow Wilson's presidency. They arrived at, um, like, Veracruz, mm-hmm. they arrived at Tampico, and they occupied it with mm-hmm. U.S. soldiers because, like, you know, pretending it was because they were disrespected by the Mexican government, but actually because there was a lot of oil there. The oil holdings, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. huh. You're saying it's about oil? The devil, you say. By the way, speaking <laughs> of oil, I love, oh. I, I, I do I do really like There Will Be Blood, but, like, when I saw it, was I the only one that was like, yo, Treasure of the Sierra Madre much? Like, Oh, yeah. Can, definitely. It's kind of, I mean, it isn't like a blatant ripoff but it's like okay so you're basically just doing like the same thing but mm. like in your in your specific style which i enjoyed i think you know mm. lewis is great in that role don't get me wrong yeah. but at least he admits it he admits he was right. you know, inspired <laughs> inspired by, by yeah I mean, there's no milkshake credit. scene come on there's no milkshake scene in, yeah in no. <laughs> it's totally different <laughs> yeah i mean this one just has badges yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's Paul Thomas Anderson or whatever being like, this time I'm going to make a movie from like, you know, the 1870s rather than the 1970s. Totally different. <laughs> it's totally different. You like one decade, but you know, one decade each century, you know? They're one aesthetic. <laughs> Coming up next what? week, Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, Great. Just follow right up. What do you think of John Huston as a as a filmmaker. I was thinking about that because I think there's a strong case to be made for him just to be like literally just one of the great filmmakers of all time, right? Yeah, I think That's 100%. Yeah. And yeah. fascinating as a guy mm-hmm. too. Like yeah. not just like what, like granted he could be a bit of a bastard. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like kind not- Titanic. He really has a look of him that's very, very suitable to play that villain in Chinatown. Chinatown I, I mean, look, right? look at his kids too, considering, you know, they're notorious mm. for playing kids. villainous roles too. Angelica, mm. yes. 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 <laughs> Danny. Danny. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but no, I think, I think he, he oh. doesn't get he doesn't get the, you know, he can't, he's not part of the big auteur discovery. Right. That's what I'm saying. And Pauline Kale, the critic, complained about that. She said the problem the problem for you is he doesn't make the same movie over and over because he adapts yeah. he adapts projects and you know and he and he tries to sort of deal with the style of the writer and, and what the writer's doing. So he, he's not like Hitchcock. He's not constantly yeah. having the blonde and the you know wrong man plot and all that. And that's why he's kind of losing out at a time when there was all that evaluation of who's the great who are the great American auteurs. He kind of loses yeah. out right there. Yeah, because well, I mean, even uh this and Key Largo the same year, like yeah. literally, literally back busy. to back, both with Humphrey Bogart. I mean, I you know, Key Largo is a very, very different movie in a right. very mm-hmm. uh, different tropical locale, I guess, right? Like mm-hmm. one of them is fucking 
in the yeah. middle of Florida, and one of them is Mexico. And a lot of directors are kind of known for sticking to like one specific, like like we all know Scorsese does so many films about gangsters mm. and whatnot, yeah. and even Coppola. Mm. I mean, Coppola does branch out every once in a while, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, look mm. at Jack. Anyway, uh, but like Moulin Rouge, Key yes. Largo, like he directed like Asphalt yes. Jungle, yeah, African so many Queen. different, freaking Maltese Falcon. He could have just you done like twenty of those, right? And <laughs> no, would have loved it. I would have loved it. Are you kidding? Me? I Casino know. Royale. Yeah. I mean, I know. I am sad he didn't do more film noir. He was so good. Yeah. It's, that is a shame. Yeah. yeah. I've for forgotten. Speaking of Asphalt Jungle, like, I, did he like Marilyn Monroe? Like, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. brought a little someone named Marilyn Monroe, who actually he respected as an actress. Uh, yes. Too. Very few did. <laughs> she could act. Uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. A lot of her early work, she was more serious and did like roles of like stronger mm -hmm. even like disturbed women but then once gentlemen for blondes came out she was just the blonde bimbo type yeah. yeah yeah well yeah i mean and that's that's a story that we see over and over again right i mean yeah. there's, there's uh, uh plenty of examples of that that but there are no women in this movie so we don't have to worry about that <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say luckily that is not a problem in this film but, i mean look at selma hayek she wanted to do comedy for years but basically all the executives like no you're too hot you need to like right yeah, but which way, granted she is, but okay. But but a lot of the attractive actresses do have excellent comedic time, and a lot of them end up doing more comedies now. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. which mm -hmm. is which, which is fine. We we celebrate that. Mm -hmm. uh, but this I, is I forgot that he um he directed Moby Dick. Yeah, nineteen fifties. Like uh, yes, I'm talking. Moment. You forget classic movies that this dude directed, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. how many he did. You did like, and I mean, he did The Hobbit. I mean, he did he, Gandalf. He Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Because he had a prolific acting career too. Like you know, yes. he, even mm -hmm. even his father was an actor too, right? And is yeah. in this movie. And yep. how did I not know that as one of my favorite movies of like that's John Houston's dad? Yeah. <laughs> two like years, the guy who does the jig and like uh, <laughs> two years, the harmonica without his teeth in. Great. Two years Amazing. before he two years before he died. And he yeah. had, had this prolific acting career where he's in dozens and dozens of movies as like yeah. a bit player, pretty much. Um, mm -hmm. And like had never won anything, had never really gotten acknowledged. And then he yeah. ended up winning the Oscar uh, specifically, specifically for for this. <laughs> sorry, you're making my dogs play. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, uh, very, very popular among the puppies of the world. Trust me, my, my, my cat's <laughs> chewing at my cords right now and it's driving me yeah. uh Oh. <laughs> This is why I love to have a dedicated space for broadcasting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can help with your dog. When your well, and it was notable too <laughs> because with with um, with his dad being in this, they both won Oscars. It's one of the only yeah. time that happened that a yeah. father and I say he won the Oscar for directing, mm -hmm. and his father won the as like supporting actor. I think remember mm -hmm. right, but yeah, but like. He and his big thing was like, okay, hey, I know you're doing all this stuff. The one thing you got to do, you got to put me in one of your movies. Is, is like, mm -hmm. what, what, like what he said because he that was sort of like, uh, he was a working actor. actor. Well, he was a working mm -hmm. actor, but he hadn't gotten really these the huge parts. He was never like an, a name actor. Yeah. Uh, oh, awesome! You have the. This is, uh, this is. We didn't plan this, people. We do this sometimes. This is, the, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is the shortest Oscar speech I ever heard. He he comes up, he takes his award, and he leaves. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I have the privilege of presenting a bright new star who literally burst across the Hollywood sky from the footlights of Broadway. Last year, in her third picture, a little thing called Gentleman's Agreement, she hit the jackpot. She is here tonight to present the award for the best performance by an actor in a supporting role. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Celeste Holm. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you, Bob. I remember so well how I felt last year sitting out there, trembling, excited, and hopeful, and finally overwhelmed with gratitude. So far be it for me to prolong the suspense. The nominees for the best performance by an actor in a supporting role are Charles Bickford in Johnny Belinda, Warner Brothers, Jose Ferrer in Joan of Arc, Sierra Pictures, RKO Radio, Oscar Hamolka in I Remember Mama, RKO Radio, Walter Houston in Treasure of Sierra Madre, Warner Brothers, Cecil Calloway in The Luck of the Irish, 20th Century Fox. And the winner is Walter Houston. Left. <laughs> is this a dude on a drum set? Is that the walk on music? Okay. I can do that. <laughs> Got a drum set over there. Thank you. Bob, Bob said you can't take any credits. I'd like to take a credit myself. Uh, many years ago, many, many years ago, I raised a son. And I said, if you ever become a director or a writer, please find a good part for your old man. He did all right. I think Joe Pesci still has a serious speech in this movie. That rules. That rules. And he's out. No <laughs> jig. That's, all That's enough. Okay. That's all you need. Call out his own son. There you go. Take note, every modern you, actor and actress. <laughs> yeah, if you get interested in him, he, got, he does have a couple of really good parts. There's one called Dodsworth. That's a 1935, I think. And then there's one called The Furies, which is a Western noir. And he's this, this, this guy who gets so wealthy, has so much land, he, become, he declares himself a kind of Napoleon figure. He prints his own currency. And his daughter, played by Barbara Stanwyck, has to bring him down. It's very good. Oh, wow. That sounds very Baron of Arizona, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, anyway, it's good. Uh, her, her, I, uh, I'm in because I just thought he was a random dude. I thought he was just like some guy. Yeah. I was like, oh, they just got oh. this crazy looking gnarled dude. Crazy old guy. Yeah. He's yeah. That good. Well, he's got that he like classic character actor face, right? Like he really he's got does. That face that looks like a um, like like almost like an old tree or something like that. And there's a lot of actors like that. Uh, yeah. from this time period i feel like like there was just like a, a room full of old men like you know like prospector looking old men that are yeah, it's uh, just like yeah. that scene in lord of the rings where the trees rise up and, and go to, to uh, fact like Mordor. um it's except it's just you know old hollywood actors who just look like trees. <laughs> right right they actually right. just look like trees they aren't actually yeah. trees <laughs> and the um, world everybody anyway uh so yeah uh, go ahead, Forrest. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna? No, do? They, I, I was just gonna say, like, her, like uh, Celeste Holmes, like whatever, like her speech was longer than his, I think. Way longer. Which, like, <laughs> when she was like, I was just sitting there last year and I was so nervous, and you know, now I'm here, and then he's like, uh, I raised the sun, my son made a movie. Good night, people. <laughs> here we are. Good night, everybody. That's. Yeah, because when people go through like the laundry list of like thanking every human being they ever met and their management, this like nobody cares. I'm oh, it's sorry. so bad, and it just never ends. Keep thinking. That's why. Yeah. yeah, that's why I like when like certain people are like, I don't like talking about myself, so I'm gonna like thank like my family and wife and just get out. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're like, there are moments like, all right, so for instance, I don't know why we're talking about awards, but uh, Golden Globes, Divine Joy Randolph uh, won for uh, Holdovers, great. And mm -hmm. she had like her little handwritten list and she was kind of like shaking a little bit. And like, yeah. that's obviously endearing because like she's mm -hmm. an amazing role. Uh, she's mm -hmm. someone that hasn't been honored in that way before. What but. I hated was back in the 90s and early 2000s where everyone was like, I would like to thank Harvey Weinstein and the <laughs> Weinstein Company, because without mm -hmm. you bullying the shit out of the, you know, this would have never been possible. Yeah, and I'm well, like, hindsight's well, 2020. Yeah, <laughs> well, like, uh, it's pretty much, um, it's just like every every uh, Bush like administration address, right? Is like Dennis, ha Dennis Haster behind him that ended up being a pedophile. Yeah. So every video you watch from that time period, <laughs> there's so many uh, people that ended up becoming like huge sex offenders or whatever that mm -hmm. are behind like every famous person in pictures. It's like mm -hmm. crazy to go spot them. It's like uh, it, also seems, all it also seems sickening even besides just to thank thank the, the corporation or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Thank your agent. Yeah. It's so absolutely like are you trying to represent how soulless <laughs> I'm like when Robert Downey Jr. went for Oppenheimer. He's like yeah thank you for whatevs and like he was so like casual about the win. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the way to do it. But Anyway, so what do we got here for us? This, is, this? Uh, this is John Houston talking about his dad and directing him. Nice. Uh, two years later, his dad had passed away, I think 1950. Oh, man. The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, I, I, I thought was very good. And I told Bogart, you know, this might be a, a great picture. Uh, Bogey said, <laughs> you're out of your mind. It's, it's a good Western. <laughs> You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking we ought to give up. Leave the whole outfit. Everything behind and go back to civilization. Not Sam, I, uh, let me tell you something, my two fine bedfellows. You're so dumb, there's nothing to compare you with. You're dumber than the dumbest jackass. Look at each other, will you? Do you ever see anything like yourself from being dumb specimens? <laughs> You're so dumb, you don't even see the riches you're treading on with your own feet. <laughs> it's like me talking to Forrest and Andy. proud of Treasure of the Sierra Madre, and for good reason. <laughs> At the 1948 Academy Awards, he carried away an Oscar for Best Screenplay and one for Best Director. His father, Walter, would take home the award for Best Supporting Actor. Now, many years ago, many, many years ago, I raised a son and I said, if you ever become a director or a writer, please find a good part for your old man. He did all right. Yep, still good. The director on the set is the father. So uh, I became his father, which made me my own grandfather. <laughs> hey, I think I saw a movie uh, with that. With John that Houston plot. and I had a point of agreement. He believed that, <laughs> like music, just the vision of a moving horse is universal. A noble it's Robert Mitchum from a random attic. Training for achievement. <laughs> <laughs> John thought that a good horse had more grace, spirit, and heart than many of the people he knew. My mother was a fine horsewoman, and among my 
first recollections is the sound I she used to put me in front of her on the saddle before I could walk. Johnny Houston's got one of those voices that's like very easy to listen to. Yes. Although I imagine if he was yelling, it probably would not be the case. But even when he's talking about uh, you know, his his daughter that um Jack Nicholson is is meets and he's talking about like uh you know molesting his daughter or whatever in fucking Chinatown and you're still like I I could still listen to the speech like it's, yeah I hate to yeah. say it but like yeah <laughs> Man, he has yeah. a very mellow <laughs> very mellow tobacco-y kind of old time voice yeah right right and and it's it's it is interesting too because it's almost like he would fit more in the modern age. Uh, tier wise where like the personality mm -hmm. of the filmmaker is important as the work right because he was he acted too he would show up in other, mm -hmm. in other yeah. stuff all the time mm -hmm. yeah. i mean Casino royale he's doing that shot list, obviously yeah. we have like we haven't brought up the fact that he's literally in uh you know the second scene of this movie where he's the guy that um that's asking like you know when when uh when he's going around asking um humphrey bogart's asking him for you know people for money he's like uh mm -hmm. you know he's like it's always hey, him you know, spare, <laughs> spare a meal for a fellow american and he's like walking around saying that it's john houston that's you know that fucking balls him out and it's like yeah yeah i wasn't looking at his face though so i didn't notice <laughs> i was amazed that came right out of the book somehow i thought that was in you know yeah. a clever thing they thought of for the movie but it's actually in right. the book yeah, yeah it, it was the are things. you employed sir of its day for sure <laughs> yeah, well, as, like, as, as is the uh, the entire like badges thing, which kind of surprised me. Yeah. Which is constantly misquoted too, which yes. is so funny. Yes. It's like it's like how famous is the misquotation of that? Yes, it's like I can only think title. of the misquotation. Actually, yeah. I can never think of the real line. Yeah, Blazing Saddles. They actually have you know. I think that's where the one of the misquotations comes from. Yeah, uh, they, they have the, the the three Mexican guys come up to mm -hmm. um to uh harvey corman and he's like they're like badges we don't need no stinking badges yeah it might all come from that because because i mean uh like i kind of first learned it from uh uhf uh you oh, know sure. yeah. <laughs> UHF, badges. Right. yeah 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 <laughs> <no> stinking badges. <laughs> right yeah that's right i love that's that right. actor isn't that actor great yeah he, he sadly yeah. passed away shortly after that movie came out too oh did he oh i didn't know that yeah yeah he he uh i i was uh reading about that he um was in a car accident shortly after the movie oh. came out, um, mm -hmm. uh, which is a shame because he was amazing in that movie. So and, good. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Casting is excellent throughout the whole movie. It really, really perfect. The the one big change I think between the novel and the movie, though, um, I like that it was uh, the gold hat guy that ended up. Yeah, I do him. like that. Um, yes, I agree. Yeah, I, instead of kind of, um, I mean, I really liked in the in the novel that it's just three random fucking just random. Uh, other yeah. other thieves. Yeah. That just happened to be hanging out, and then they machete his mm -hmm. fucking head off, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. And you couldn't do that in a 1948 movie anyway. Well, it did, but, like, but did you didn't did you read that they the claim that they shot it, and that you can still yeah. see the remnants? I'm like, why would they even shoot it? They couldn't possibly have thought they could get it in to a 1948. Really you could like uh, they they point at the ground, and then you see like a a head fall, uh, you know, yeah. in the shadow or whatever. <laughs> like I just, it, it was very hard to get violence going you know and that's a crazy violence so like, and, and not, that, like, i don't think i'd want to see that like i don't think i'd want to be watching yeah. uh because that that's the escalation code. you know i mean it's yeah. already a huge escalation when he shoots uh curtain twice right like that's already right. and you don't see that but like you know mm -hmm. you, you very viscerally hear that right. and like for him to be walking along and then get his head cut off by a machete that would have been too much i would have been like <laughs> i don't would have been <laughs> would have been jar it would have been like in that in that scene in the original king kong where he like shakes the bridge and other people fall 
into the gully and are eaten alive by the insects. And everyone went away from the movie like, yeah, that monkey was scary, but boy, those insects, that was <laughs> that was really terrifying. <laughs> so they cut it because they're like, we don't want people talking about the insects. Are you kidding me? It's our ape movie. <laughs> it's also like the, the novelization. I mean, the novelization would not have worked on screen, but it's crazy that um, – he gets he gets murdered. He gets whacked by the fucking machete, and then they just keep following the you know the um the three random thieves that like take all of his stuff, mm-hmm. who like don't yeah. know obviously what gold looks like because nobody knows what gold looks like when it's just mm-hmm. dust. So they're like, oh, I don't need why why is there all this sand? So they throw <laughs> away the sand and then bring the donkeys <laughs> to the next town. You just follow along with their narrative for the next mm-hmm. like right. few uh-huh. chapters. <laughs> yeah, I I like that. And there's a, he, there's something about that Houston gets away with that it seems like it was really hard to get away with. He, he, he does this a version of realism that, that over and over he, he, he pulls off in ways that, and I'm not sure how he even does it. Like if you watch Moulin Rouge, it's it, there's stuff and it's a fifties movie. And you're just like, how the yeah. hell are you, how the hell are you getting away with the Toulouse Lautrec story, which is, we you love know, those dancing hoes. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's such a good movie. It's really an unsung great film. But I mean, over and over, he pulls off things that Hollywood hated. They always wanted, if they could get it, a sense of simple moral tale, justice yeah. done in the end, you know, happy ending, all of this stuff. And he just, he just, Wouldn't his do whole any sensibility goes against <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> He's like, I don't want to be like everyone else. Well, and he, and, but I think it is notable that he also refused to do genre like we talked about where it's just like you know like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do stories i want to do not like like and, and i think it's amazing that bogart was like yeah we're just doing a western dude don't get too i know isn't that hilarious yeah. <laughs> which is like you're doing the western this yeah. is like perfectly embodying the western genre and transcending at the same time you know yeah. well bogart also uh, who? like stagecoach is a western which i like stagecoats but yeah. that's a western this is something John different this John is Wayne who? He, he uh he lobbied really hard to be like in this though so it's not yeah. like he yeah, well, wasn't that It's not like he didn't think that they yeah. were doing something worthwhile. I'm not saying that. No, like, yeah, again, it, that, it goes back to him being the Colin Farrell of his role. time. Yeah, you I know. mean, really, it, it's a fantastic role. He he's shines in it. Like, he really like, like, oh, he's too yeah. good looking. Why yeah. so scruffy? Which is funny because he really kind of caught on in his career, like relatively late in life. For, he for did. Acting. He yeah. was he was a much yeah. prettier stage actor and early film actor. And then yeah. it was only once he got craggy and had drunk, you know, all the liquor yeah. in L.A. And that's <laughs> when Laura McCall was, was like, <laughs> "I'm 19, you're." in your what how old were they oh like, yeah that's right 40s? that was a day to wasn't it yeah <laughs> um i i kind of just talk quickly before we pass him by because everyone passes yeah. him by could we talk about poor tim holt i mean the Crazy. poor guy can't catch a break can i catch a break then can i get a break <laughs> there he is but speaking of stagecoach <laughs> giving him one of his greatest ever performances revelatory and yeah. walter houston just yeah. absolutely taking over every scene and there's poor tim holt who yeah. i like I actually quite like, but he just has no chance. And here he, he was hoping to get blasted out of B Westerns where he was stuck and he yeah. was hoping this role would do it. Nope. And it didn't do it at all. He's hoping to get out of B Westerns by being in an A Western, pretty much. I know, right? in an A Western with, with <laughs> top people. He was like, he was in like some like 30 more just kind of like whatever B grade Westerns after this. But I think if I remember it, he like. He was like managing a radio station or something when he died. Like he had to like get a straight job. Like he, he, ne- he never, and he is really good in this. That's the thing he's that sucks. Good, it's he's just great. Like, and think of him in Magnificent Ambersons. He's yeah. the lead guy, and he's, he's great. Consistently he's good. Low, he's low wattage or something. Right, right. Just, and just so, he's not Bogart, and he's not yeah. uh, John Houston's dad, and like. Uh, 
who again was so good i didn't realize he wasn't just like oh he's got some random dude they fought, we like, went out and found a, <laughs> found a random guy that like has his, no teeth um, right on <laughs> his, his the description of his biographer uh for for tim holt says uh no more was he the, the callow youthful cowboy with a big silly grin now he exuded a steady serious no nonsense type of mature cowboy who was less impulsive it's like uh you know he was he, he could play two different kinds of cowboys like, yeah, yeah. No, he's got range you see he doesn't have range cowboy baby <laughs> oh, a rock song never mind yeah this is no. not the movie though to get out of westerns because everyone's so covered in sweat and like rags. it's so dirty like, like, yeah. yeah they're like the, that the only thing you could get casted if you're not already a huge star is Western. Right. Right. No, Amberson uh, presumably should have done it, and it didn't. Yeah, but that's <laughs> yeah. also Orson, who like exactly. You know, no, no wonder sets Orson are out are out are upstaging <laughs> you. Forgot the lighting's upstaging you. Everything's upstaging you. <laughs> and it's no wonder that Orson Welles and John Huston like got along because it's like they're the, the same kind of irascible character in, in a lot yeah, of ways. Huge, and they, larger than life. Yeah. Yeah, literally in Orson's case. Also <laughs> these, there, there were also these like uh, these you. kind of uh, very sympathetic to like uh, political, um, like different individualistic, yeah. but also left leaning well, political things. Yeah. Like yeah, but like mm -hmm. but like a very specific kind of like almost anti-establishment kind of lefty that mm -hmm. uh, I feel like they're the same. Their political sensibilities were the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like John it, it, got mad at um, Bogart for retracting his uh, thing where he stood up in front of you know. Whack, whack, and uh, you know, a couple years after this, and he he tried to stand up for everyone that was being taken down by like McCarthyism, and then he retracted it because he, he retracted. got cold feet. And yeah. uh, Houston was still talking, like you know, decades after he died, Houston yeah. was still like, shouldn't have retracted it. Like I love the guy, and you know, I forgave him, but shouldn't have retracted mm -hmm. it. Should have kept to it. And it's like, this is like, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's that, that looms large over so many different um, people. That so many people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like Lauren Bacall didn't Mitchum, give a shit though. Robert Mitchum, I think, had like had to leave uh, movies for a little bit over. He had to hide out in an attic, thing. as it turns out. He had to was hide it, out in an attic. And, and do, uh... Was it because of the weed charges? Like him and some actors were charged. Well, there was the, weed, the prison term, but it only made him more popular. But he did have to yep. serve time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like a couple of days, which is crazy because you think. I mean, I, I firmly and I, I said as much on the show we did of it. Night of the Hunter is like he's one of the best villains of all time. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. Like, he's so Here. good on that. To yeah. the point that Spike Lee literally ripped off the love and hate <laughs> yeah. speech, which is amazing, and uh, got away with uh, it because people don't yeah. know the films. But, yeah. uh, I mean, I like... That's why he ended up, uh, towards the end of his life, getting the huge um, bottle glasses. He had been, yeah. like, the creepy fucking villain in so many things. and that He wanted thing, to change it up, sure. Like, yeah. he, wanted to, he wanted to be, like, a, a friendlier kind of personality, so he got the giant Coke bottle glasses. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That'll do and, it. And, and, and hid in the attic that apparently they made the, uh, <laughs> like, there's all those, there's all it's these, like, like hanging up there like Anne Frank. Yes. <laughs> oh, there. Like What's with like... this anti Semitism on the stream, Conan? <laughs> <laughs> but there's all, like, it almost looks like there's, like, submarine parts in that attic. Like, there's, there's a weird I'm so fascinated. I, I almost wish we were talking about that documentary because there's so much to unpack there. Like, it, it, it it's really literally is. so much to unpack. Old, Did you see those boxes? There's so many boxes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, 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 anyway, how about the lighting by the by the fire, right? All those oh, yeah. shots, like mm -hmm. how beautiful are those? Like just like mm -hmm. ah, so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, yeah, the shadow I love that play. about Houston. Houston can go so expressionistic. Like that, the fight scene yeah. in the bar is also just suddenly a formalist dream. 
you know, you know, guys falling into the camera and there's deep shadow everywhere, yeah. but then he'll go right to flat realism for so many scenes. He can seems he does have huge range. And but I think that's another thing. People couldn't just say he always his films are identifiably are identifiable visually really easily because they all look right. so different. Yeah, he's the guy that does this thing. And it's like, no, no, he just does cool stuff, basically. Yeah. <laughs> very, very cool. Uh, yeah. African Queen, not a movie that looks very good. I I tried watching some of some of some of that, but it's like the layer. Those horrible of sweat rear every, projection shots yeah. are so terrible. Yeah, and the layer of sweat on everybody too. It's like and it's glistening and like the the way they do the lighting and everything. It's like yeah, I can't. That's got that's got Catherine Hepburn, right? That's the one. Yeah. Catherine yes. Hepburn. Yeah. No, well, yeah, you should you should have watched the uh, the one I did the um, uh, ride with the devil or whatever that was or beat the devil. That was beat it. the devil. <laughs> beat the devil. Um, yeah. Which, which is which is riding with the devil sounds like a kid rock album but. yeah <laughs> maybe I mean, it probably is yeah probably um, yeah, i don't know no no beat the devil which which is absolutely beat the devil's good yeah, yeah. i've seen it mm -hmm. kid rock kid rock and the devil sharing a bud light <laughs> and then they'd have to shoot it of course yeah <laughs> and then drink it like a few weeks later calling yeah. the boycott over <laughs> I think it, this works. This movie is an all-timer for me just because, I mean, it is sort of like you get to see Bogart do something different, right? We all, obviously, Casablanca is a classic for a reason. Casablanca. And, and Maltese Falcon is a classic for a reason as well. But like, like, it's weird for me because some of my favorite movies are not... Uh, are not even like the like the most famous ones of his. Like he actually he's a dude that had like a lot of depth. Mm -hmm. Um in a lonely place. That's a noir. Yeah. But instead of yeah. being a cop, he's a screenwriter. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. Like he's really good at it. But like wasn't nearly like a hit like it was like for the for the Milo stuff. Uh mm -hmm. but I think it's it's completely interesting that like the, the the slow boil of like paranoia and possessiveness that he mm -hmm. goes through on this. Like it doesn't he doesn't start off being a like a villainous character mm -hmm. he's like somewhat self-interested but like whatever he's, as, as as people that are scrambling for mm -hmm. purchase to, uh, tend to be mm -hmm. and it is is a good slow burn also can i add too as someone who's constantly advocating for movies to be shorter this movie does not seem as long as it is to me mm -hmm. for as much plot really as, as they put in here it really moves and in a way that's like the Batman. oh whoa speaking of which did you guys hear mark scorsese's gonna make an 80 minute long movie but no. fantastic Okay, I never, a, him, a, I never called him. I never called him a hero before, but it's yes. gonna be an yeah. eighty-minute Jesus movie. He's atoning for Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> I'm like, what? Or Jesus of Nazareth was fine, but I'm like, Scorsese directing. You gonna, yeah, you call it Crosses of the Flower Moon. You know, <laughs> yeah, you could you could fit in three of those during that film. Anyway, uh, well, good for him. I mean, like we, I, mean, I think we firmly on the record he must on be this watching show. us then. Yeah, make movies <laughs> short again. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, but I think it gets back to like the era appropriate poverty, you know, like and it's so on display here and it's done so well. And it really gets across that like, like getting the gold is the start of the problems, right? It isn't, isn't the end of the story. It's like, no, that's kind of where like everything sort of sets off. And there's a grand tradition of you know the people get money or or riches or whatever and then it's lost by the end of the of the film mm -hmm. and i honestly kind of get annoyed by that especially when mm -hmm. it's like coming from a puritanical space where it's like no, mm -hmm. take the money take the money take the money mm -hmm. uh but i think in this way it's earned because it's so artful like the fact that like spoiler alert <laughs> he gets got yeah. <laughs> and and they don't realize that like the the sacks of sand are gold 
And so it's just like, oh no, it just gets put back in the wind. So there's that really, that really beautiful uh, dust storm that they're going through. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, that's like everything you worked like whatever nine or ten months for, mm -hmm. like literally flying it around. And then mm -hmm. it's like, well, it's going back to where where it was, you know. Well, One and that also hooks in. Yeah. It, it hooks in so beautifully with the with the speech that um, Walter Houston made. You showed right. a clip of it where he says, yeah. you know, gold. What is it? It's not. It's not good for anything. It's yeah. good for jewelry. And so, how do you even? How, why is it so valued? Well, it's the the labor of all the people who who got gold and who didn't get gold. It's all the yeah. people who died trying to get it. And so that um, whole sense of like, what is this thing that we've all been killing and, ourselves? And for? literally, and literally, the it has fate like the you know the fool's gold like in the same places that the gold yeah. is, yeah. which it frequently like, actually is in in real life too. So yeah, it, it makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm kind of uh, yeah, I'm fa I'm fascinated by um the the fact that though like the the B Traven guy in this um I was watching this documentary he had four he had four names that were like uh, whatever but he broke into uh during the filming of this they thought it was they think it's him I mean I, I think it was him but he broke into John Houston's uh hotel room and he woke up and the, and the guy was just some guy was just sitting in his hotel room and he was like who are you and he's like oh my name's Hal uh Hal Croves I'm B Traven's uh B Traven <laughs> no I'm his guy I mean, yeah. look, I've gone on record as saying that the biopic industrial complex needs to end immediately. I that said, the more that I've learned about this dude, I'm like, where's this guy's movie? Because this guy seems fascinating. Good ones about people like this. It was so great. Because, you know, then there's that whole thing with the wife coming out after yeah. he's dead and saying his widow and saying, OK, I'll not, now I'll really level with you. He was Hell Crows. He was all yeah. these people, blah, blah, blah. He was actually yeah, born then, in Chicago. And John Houston is like, I'm not convinced. You know, and then Houston <laughs> takes it back and says it wasn't him. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, wow. It's like, <laughs> what's it happening? Me. Well, she, she didn't like, because I watched this, the BBC documentary about like where they, you know, interviewed all of them uh, about, including John Houston, about who this guy was. The mm -hmm. wife didn't even really know. And she was just like, right. you know, he was his translator pretty much. Mm. And he and he got married. And then she's like, oh, I, you know, he would just settle out of stuff. And like we hung out and like, but like I couldn't ask him any questions. And he'd like, mm. he'd turn off his hearing aid. The guy that, you know, they think it was B. Traven. He'd turn <laughs> off his hearing aid whenever they asked him too many questions. And My dad does the same thing, by the way. It's really so annoying. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like the, the whole story of it is, is pretty insane. There, there's like four different names of people that think that. It's him, but then they like put the pictures next to each other. They're all like the same guy, I think. Yeah, they look a lot like the same guy. People, people but I just like her one. idea that he was born in Chicago. Like the yeah. Whole, yeah. that would make yeah, me so yeah. happy if that were true. Yeah, it just no sounds like that. They say, uh, <laughs> what is it in the novel? I guess I think they don't say it in the movie, but they're like, uh, you know, you could get killed anywhere. You could get killed walking the streets of Chicago, which now like is a really funny line, you know, with uh, yeah. every fucking conservative right wing person like. Fear mongering oh. about the streets of Chicago, oh, sure, but like sure. this, right, yeah. this is like name somewhere safe, and it's like the streets of Chicago, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, literally. You're never more safe in like you're more safe in Chicago, New York City, and Los Angeles than you are in like my state, my town. There were mm -hmm. we we found a dead body like down like down the road, not that far from where I live. Is is uh, uh, South Carolina open carry like it is in Wisconsin? I probably. Well, the thing is, the the Fifth Circuit Court, or the, one of, the one that carries like Maryland to South Carolina, um, that court always gets in the way of like what McMaster wants to do. So like we're no we're not Florida yet because they intervene for us. <laughs> so it's another feather in Treasure Sierra Madre's cap that like the guns are like a precious commodity. 
Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and I like that uh, some suspension of disbelief, especially for like arrow Westerns, uh, mm -hmm. is that like everyone's got guns and they're running around. Okay, cool. Not people couldn't actually all afford guns. Right. <laughs> yeah, we still can't afford the guns. bandits are really after the guns. But, yeah, yeah, that's what they that's yeah. what they'd rather yeah. have. And I, yeah. I love that aspect about it because that's yeah. like something you don't uh, again, because if you use it as like a narrative tool, oh, we got to have a shootout. And we got to have like a like a duel or whatever. Okay, fine. Then you got to have guns. I mean, and mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not sitting here uh, dissing that as a narrative tool. Like I love the Leone movies and, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But I'm just saying that I like that it's in here. It's like, oh yeah, they they, don't, they want the guns, man. They're, That's what they're looking they're on for. Fire, you know. Uh, where, where like you know they they had uh, you know there there were no guns and and so yeah. like you know getting a gun was a big deal. The bullets were precious. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. and uh, you know you get a little bit of that in here. So so it's kind of cool to see. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't even thought about that. The, the whole scarcity of guns and ammo is like through the whole movie. And you're gonna think yeah. about it. Everyone's yeah, they're kind of they're concerned. Howard about wants it. to get weapons, and they're like, "What do we need weapons for? So they need yeah. extra money to get the weapons." And then he's like, "No, you're, we gotta have the weapons." And then when when poor Bogart, you know, when Fred C. Dobbs tries to shoot the bandits, and he's forgotten that the curtain took the bullets out, so there he's yeah. like, <laughs> "Yep, that's a beautiful. That would never have happened in any conventional western. Everyone's no. always got bullets and bullets." <laughs> Well, exactly. Yeah. Their their six shooters have like sixty bullets in it. Sixty. It's you know? <laughs> a sixty shooter. Well, they also their their story falls apart. They're pretending that they're hunters in the mountains, which they're like, we can't tell everyone that we're going to have gold. We'll just come steal our gold. So like, they're or the government will come and you know uh, extort their gold. So like, they're like, well, we'll just tell everyone we're hunters, and then that's what fucking alerts the bandits. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. like, oh, there's these hunters. They must have guns. Yeah. Exactly. That's like uh, the the law of unintended consequences, right? Like. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, there's I, there's so much irony that's working its way through the story that that's another unusual aspect of you know he, Houston does a lot of that um, in his storytelling and again not a favorite mode in, in popular Hollywood filmmaking. No, really yeah, no, well because it's not and again all this happens it's not too slow but it's not too fast either. Like it, yeah. it's like it's very evenly paced and in a way that like I was I actually thought about it as like I wonder if this is going to just be still as great as I remember it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. And I was like, oh yeah, it still rocks. That's that's yeah. awesome. But yeah. I'm curious, Christina, had you seen this before? Before we, when I was really really young, watching on Turner Classic Movies with my pop pop, because mm -hmm. he liked watching. He was a big he was a big film lover. If he were alive yeah. today, he would be on this podcast. There you go. There you go. But I yeah. literally was like, "Where are the cowgirls?" Like, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it is a western, but it is—it's such a dirty, filthy, like yeah. everybody it's a like man movie. It's for the alphas. Like you can smell this movie. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> That's what yeah. I love about it. And it's like, not a pleasant smell. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it gets and it gets worse throughout the uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as time goes on, he so. doesn't. He doesn't. It doesn't seem like he smells good at any point. With it, even when he gets like <laughs> nice shave. They like, didn't really like, have is... toiletries back then, like <laughs> that. Well, I, I mean, they probably I was... just had a bar of soap to wash everything. Yeah, but when yeah. I was watching the, the uh, show art, all I could yeah. think of was just like, I got to find a good picture that doesn't smell. You know, like, <laughs> by the way, scratch and sniff snowware. Men, sure. don't be using your body wash as your face wash and your shampoo and your conditioner. Yeah. You can yeah. afford better toiletries. I'm just saying. <laughs> is that what Zoomers are doing? That's horrible. No, that's what men do in general. It seems no, not me. They're like, what? They're like, I don't. But I'm, I'm just built different. different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, also, we the anything joke. meant for men doesn't actually work, believe it or not. No, no, it just has got like, you know, it's got a snake on it or something. Oh, it's yeah. tough. <laughs> it smells like wood. <laughs> <laughs> what is the, uh, what is this is a tactical support soap. 
one of the most interesting dichotomies in this, like you know, on on this uh, on the subject, he gets the nice haircut, the bowl cut or whatever, right? Like, which is yeah, it's not right. it's not a great haircut, but you know, it's, no. it's a good haircut. Uh, the Will Byers you know, haircut compared to what he has by the end of it, and he gets his nice haircut, but then he's still wearing rags. Yeah, so right. like, he's got a lovely great. haircut, but looks yeah. like oh, there's a bit of a mix up here. You're not, you're, you gotta. Well, he, you just, he just looked great on top, and then he walks yeah. out wearing his rags. And it's like, oh yeah, he's so he's he's a homeless, but with a nice haircut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I love that performance when Bogart. He he seems to have no vanity whatsoever for a guy who's once again his stage career. He was considered as handsome as, as his Valentino. A matinee well, idol, and he sure. goes like and So <laughs> he's doing all these phases that are so unpleasant. Flattering. It's and like he's, he's trying to look as gnarly as possible. Yes, he is. <laughs> really I, uh, I I also I also really like the image of uh, Americans who went to Mexico, got stuck in Mexico, mm -hmm. and are taking Mexican jobs, like uh, mm -hmm. you know, doing the even <laughs> well, like, well, even, like, well, white even people, the two shine, right? Like, and there's that nice little that? piece in the beginning of this movie where uh, he's like, you know, as like a, as, as an American, like you can't go around shining shoes, like you know. Like an indigenous person does, the rest of them, like the other shoe shiners, will just beat you up because they're mm -hmm. like, this gringo is taking like good, you know, high paying Mexican jobs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's funny. I didn't really think about that until like right now, but I was like, damn, like this, this, because they're all day laborers. Like that's what their gig is yeah. in, in oil country. And like mm -hmm. they're closing up like oil, you know, oil mine by oil mine, but they're like, they're literally just the people that stand out in front of like a Lowe's, you know, but like the reverse version of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I give you a job, and then, and then, like even the Americans cheat the other Americans out of the fucking money. They're like, you know, like I don't Typical actually Americans. have to. I don't yeah, actually have to pay Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Speaking of, how, so for the Mexican actors are interesting. Was it Alfonso Bedoya? Uh, Bedoya is his name. Yeah. Uh, he, I'm not familiar. Other than this movie, I'm not familiar with the stuff he's in. But I know he's been in like a bunch of other. Oh stuff. yeah, they listed just tons. I know his face looks. He's one of those character actors that his face looks familiar. But yeah, he yeah. was a that guy of that day yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it, like. I, well, I was going to say, as opposed to something like, you know, I, this is like the fourth time we invoke Stagecoach, but it's Stagecoach, one of the most kind of like hard things to watch. It's like, oh, they're supposed to be Indians, huh? They're, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, bad, yeah. that's Yeah, I great. just watched Valdez is Coming, uh, which which is uh, based on an Elmer Leonard story. And uh, the, the like the only Mexican in the movie is uh, Hector Elizondo. And uh, every other Mexican is uh, uh, one's a black guy from Jamaica, and the other one is um, uh, Burt Lancaster. <laughs> what? Oh, <okay. laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a lot of sensitivity. <laughs> no, no. But I will say that the, the guy from Jamaica gave a great performance. Uh, I actually thought he was Mexican. Um, so Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson level. <laughs> well, yeah, it is his uh, Wikipedia page or his IMDb page, whatever it was. Us reading, it's like he's racially ambiguous, but he's born in Jamaica, and I'm like, oh, okay. And it's true. I haven't read anything about Houston in relationship to casting, you know, yeah. the indigenous people yeah. versus the Vindale. Well, I, I think they just said that he was being, I don't know. Actually. Well, well, you said like, well, we're going to be shooting at you. And I think if I remember correctly, that the exact quote was as long as you don't hit us in the arms or legs. I mean, <laughs> even though the film is in black and white, <laughs> you know that back then, even if they looked more ethnic or whatever, Hollywood was like, no, we got to make you darker. Regardless of it being in color or not, mm -hmm. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just the dirt, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, no, it's, it's, it is interesting. It's, 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 it's fascinating that, like, because this is a, this is a location suit, you know, that they, they went, mm-hmm. they, they went to go shoot yeah. this to a place, yeah. right? And, uh, and not, I'm not saying I don't have anything against, like, sound stages, like, you know, especially like the tech, the big Technicolor, like, backdrop, uh, you know, Black Narcissist, like, I just, just saw, um, uh, freaking, uh, Blimp. Uh, and it's oh, like yeah. that's a that's a great example of like good use of uh, canvases and, and stuff. But I think that it's it's notable that like you could have done this on a set. You know the vistas you couldn't do, but you could mm-hmm. do like you know like all the campfire stuff. You could only have done that on a set. The mm-hmm. beginning, at the end of the studio system as we know it. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm also I'm, I'm fascinated by the concept of like um, a gold rush and an oil like the oil rush happening mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's like you know you you strike out with the fucking oil industry and mm-hmm. you're like I guess I can go prospecting like yeah that's your you're alternative right. like. Mm. Or or I can get a job shining shoes. Like those are your your three options. <laughs> are three your options. <laughs> I go home and get your fucking shine box. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. I just, the whole thing is like uh, you know the whole uh, milieu of it. Like you, mm-hmm. cause I feel like that moment in history has been kind of almost lost to time. Like mm-hmm. uh, half American occupation, half like um, you know like like. Mexican Revolution happening at the same time, like this mm-hmm. whole kind of mess happening in Mexico um, during like the the Woodrow Wilson years, and you know, he, like even further decades later. And it's like this movie's kind of brave for um, America's relationship to the world had changed by the end of World War II in a pretty drastic way. And this mm-hmm. movie's kind of brave for tackling uh, this period, which is a way less, I think, sympathetic period. Like of of u.s history um in the eyes of most people right like i don't think that america wants to remember like hey remember when we invaded tampico like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) you know what's an interesting thing about the narrative i was thinking is that is having that guy show up the claim kind of the you know the super rhetorical claim jumper (laughs) who makes a very long argument about why he should be allowed to just (laughs) horn in and that's it's it's such an interesting development because when whenever anyone summarizes the narrative, nobody ever brings up this, this very long guy. sequence. Yeah, who's like has a wife and kids and like yeah. like a stronger claim to like everything. It's like oh yeah, too bad we, too bad he's dead. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they finally decide at the end of it. They're like, you know what? Like this guy. I guess you can join us. Like we yeah. we we you know because like there's a there's a camaraderie in shooting at bandits together and they're right like, exactly I guess, they all this guy, I guess this guy really can be one of us right and then mm-hmm. they go and he's like shot in the head and they're like okay well i oh, guess we're okay. gonna move to the next spot like, <laughs> and, then, and then like the old prospects is like hey you're young go bang his wife <laughs> oh i know <laughs> he doesn't actually say it but that's no. clearly <laughs> it's it's clearly implied <laughs> that's yeah. what he was implying <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna yeah. bring his wife a bunch of gold and see what happens i just like i just have, i don't think i've ever seen that to have someone show up who's clearly a claim jumper yeah, and who's then going to argue and <laughs> make a long persuasive argument. Well, like, yeah, okay, it's, you it's, me, you, you never see that. Again. You're right. Because first of all, he doesn't just come in strapped and start shooting again, see yeah. the scarcity of guns, but like, like you, you, you it, it, he really just kind of like states his an intellectual yeah. case for why he should be brought in. Well, right? He's like a really quiet, insidious version of gold fever like he, when yeah. you read the letter he keeps going and he's failing you know repeatedly and leaving his family behind and 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 the way he's just it's such an unreasonable argument <laughs> like like yeah. why would that work you know why would why wouldn't they just kill you 
I'm, they, they call it I, I forget what they call it in the book uh mm -hmm. but they have a name for like what he has too like mm -hmm. it's not just the gold fever it's like um he's one of those people that keeps getting up and like trying to go to a different uh claim and he's like so obsessed with it that he like can't break away from it um right well, you get that in that letter right where it's, it's yeah. like you know basically that this is his last his last go at it if, know, if, if you can believe him but you feel like sure. he, yeah he, Maybe it's he's, so, he's <laughs> yeah. so creepy and in, in just sidling into this campfire to make this crazy yeah. argument about and why I mean, even even when he's, they meet him in town like like he's just like you know like what what is this dude all about man what what is he what is he doing yeah. this is mm -hmm. this is weird <laughs> oh in the and book then, they call him an eternal that's what i, I was trying to think okay. of the word yeah, yeah, I haven't, even, I haven't got like, to that part. Okay. Oh, yeah. well, like the, the the name for that kind of person, it's like a different kind of character in the book, I think a little bit, okay. but like uh, the name for that kind of character is an eternal. Uh, okay. Because see, see now that Marvel movie makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> no, they're they're eternally going and 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 you know trying to get right. gold, and they they think that you know in just in like a day or two they'll find their their That's big fine. score. The right. vein, you know, the vein in the ground. They they tap that juicy vein and whatever, and then they <laughs> right. they see that that's the the gold deposit. Right, right. Because I felt kind of puzzled. It wasn't it in the documentary where the the actor, what's his name, Bruce something, couldn't find the character, and and John Houston said something like, "Well, you're smarter than these guys." And I'm sitting there going, "Is he?" Yeah, right, 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 exactly. Certainly, certainly thinks he is. Yeah. 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 He also just eats their water. Which like it's kind of a he he they wake up and he's feeding the water to the donkeys. Which if you're going to go break into somebody's camp and like follow mm. them there, like yeah. the, the last thing you'd want to do is waste some of the like that's that's the way to get somebody really fucking mad at you. Like they're yeah. already saying like, hey, maybe get the fuck out of here. And then you're mm. like, oh, why don't I waste some of the water that you guys brought? Because you have to bring up the water by hand. And he's yeah. like, what is water scarce? It's like, you should fucking know that water is yeah. scarce. Like, <laughs> come on, yeah. come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway it's an oddity in the film hmm. can i tell you something something terrible that i just learned mm. uh -oh. oliver stone was at one point considering doing a remake of this no. oh no god <laughs> no oh, god. wait it gets worse it gets worse floppy sensibility he's got oh my god substituting drugs for gold <laughs> oh my god really yeah oh <laughs> that's yeah. Why do they care what's so expensive? It's the human labor. <laughs> oh, and where are they trying oh, to get why? the gold? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll see in a montage. <laughs> oh my god, that's just. So I, I was next week, Oliver Stone. Anyway, they should have, uh, um, you know, uh, Jamie Fox do the remake. Uh, they should you know, never remake this ever under any circumstances. No. But, <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, you, they could just bring back the song, and it could just be like, "I ain't nothing but a gold digger." Uh, they, that was a delivery system for that line. I, <laughs> I, I could see uh, Oliver Stone making this this movie, but it's uh, don't quit your day job, kid. Don't quit your day job. <laughs> he's putting, he's putting uh, you know, a, like a Scarface era Al Pacino in the in the role of fucking uh, Humphrey Bogart. Sure. And he's just going more and more crazy with like the powder on his nose, like at the end of Scarface. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of actual inspiration, though, my understanding is that uh, Spielberg was such a big fan that like it's what led him to Indiana Jones is was uh, uh, Bogart's Dobbs character, oh. which is funny because I don't think of those two dudes as being anything alike. But apparently, no. that's like what got him thinking about it. You know? Hey, kid, oh. just kidding. <laughs> I, I mean, Sam Raimi says that this is one of his favorite films, and uh, mm -hmm. just kind of uh, is weird. Really? I, like, like in uh, I think Evil Dead Two, you can actually see uh, photos from this movie. Uh, as oh, part of like um really hmm. yeah it might only be in the mexican edit if um but but uh 
there's like some photos that are in the background of one scene and they're actually mm -hmm. photos from this movie oh, wow. uh, because it's it's his favorite film um and i'd love to see sam raimi do something uh you know not a remake of this mm -hmm. but, he did but, quick like, in the dead yeah but but that's a, a literal western, western. quick in yeah, the dead yeah. no yes. but, but like something a but little more sophisticated because like, in that Yes, yes, and she's fantastic. Yeah. Sharon Stone is, is quite good in Quick and the Dead. Yes, uh, it's, it's a good but, genre film. But like, like if you ever see like uh, some of his quieter films, like uh, A Simple Plan, like like uh, th that's a very similar yeah. movie to this. But like, do mm -hmm. it as uh, you know, uh, but set, set it in uh, some place like uh, you know Mexico in the nineteen twenties. Mm -hmm. I, I would say though, like in terms of like the Indiana Jones thing, like uh, he like the Indiana Jones character is way more like a Sam Spade kind of thing, like. You think the whole time. Yeah, you're bringing the cool in. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I get it. Yeah, he's yeah, also, he's sure. also able to, like, you know, uh, get in, into the mud with everyone, but then ends up being, like, the nice guy that, you know, like, the, the mm -hmm. good character. And that's, like, yeah. Humphrey Bogart did that really well. I think this movie uh, is kind of fascinating that his his final speech in Maltese Falcon, <laughs> where he's, like, uh, you know, he's, like, I won't play the sap for you. Like, he's mm -hmm. just doing that version of, like, that kind of, uh, that accent and that, like, cadence, the entire one of this movie. Like the like Sam Spade goes goes for broke or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <they go>. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm. It's a, it's amazing like how wildly over budget this movie oh, went I know. too. And like all, all the all the stories behind it. Like there's some there's some there's some great ones. Uh mm. and, and it's it's notable too because like even if you think about like okay, what's what like I don't even know, like how much would the gold be worth now that, that, that they find it'd be like considerably more i think right uh but it's oh yeah what are they what was it worth i can't even remember now a hundred thousand like or thirty-five thousand, i think was yeah, yeah. but or something but yeah like i, I guess like uh uh when they, when they got the rushes back to jack warner he was like yeah they're looking for gold all right mine <laughs> <laughs> i think that's some good one-liners that son of a bitch doesn't find water soon i'm gonna be broke or yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> some real uncle alligator stuff yeah <laughs> uh, but it's it, like it's it was very expensive okay so i looked up so thirty five thousand dollars in gold mm. that they each have is equal to about six hundred thousand dollars in 2023 what okay so there you go Ooh, that's a lot yeah i wish i had that amount of money right now yeah me too well, there, it's gold, okay. gold fever. They're, yeah. they're saying, Once I mean, that YouTube money comes in, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's we're gonna find those bitcoins. It's interesting. Uh, I think the locality of it, like you know, yeah, five thousand dollars. Was that what gold. was so expensive though? What was what was it that they were so over budget about? Uh, just uh, all, all the shoots. Well, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I think oh, he's okay. mad about well, it. Maybe I missed it. That that was yeah. uh, it just lo the shoot went longer. I think than it was it was meant to, or okay, All right. or more Bring likely, women. <laughs> yeah, but more likely that uh, John yeah, to cut the women out budget wasn't very being very communicative. Yeah, exactly. That was the budget cut. <laughs> <laughs> budget cuts, yeah. <laughs> uh, that well, and and they all was forgiven, of course. After it was a huge hit. Yeah. <laughs> After that, I got like, oh, we're good. Yeah, no, that's fine. We don't, we don't know, care. Pay yeah. back, whatever. <laughs> oh, apparently, one of the things that uh, he was mad about was that uh, he wanted to film it at the uh, the Calabasas Ranch, like that was owned by the Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah, you're right because Jack Warner thought it was just going to be a B western. Like he didn't that's really pay right. that close attention, so he assumed yeah, like, that it was going to be whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, like wait, they're going to Mexico? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Even back then, the Warner Brothers didn't know shit. That's what you get for not reading scripts, by the way. 
<laughs> no, you really should read those things. You should probably read the script. Yeah. <laughs> little object lesson for you, Jack Warner, even though you've been dead for a very long time. 60, 70 years, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I know that he was also super upset about the ending, too. Like, oh, he, he was yeah. like not happy about it at all. And, and about the downbeat. Ending. Yeah. Yeah, they never were. What did you expect? Then we go dance off in the sunset? I well, mean, exactly. What Relatively happy, actually. I don't know what you want. You only kill off one character in a really bad way. That's and... what that's what I was back in the day. Like the studio execs, like they they felt like they really did have control over like scripts and like endings and shit yeah. like that. It's yeah. almost as if they have they had more of a creative process back then than they do now. When they're like, yeah, we're just gonna make a film and do a tax write off. It'll be fine. <laughs> I know exactly. I know how to do a movie. Yeah. Well, they they can't have the characters get away with the gold, right? Like right. Uh, the second yeah, like if, if you're stealing something or you're committing a crime, you can't get away like that's one of yeah. the haze codes. They the can't main keep getting one. <laughs> so you'd have, like, you have you have to have them be like, "Oh, look, a permit." You know, to get <laughs> I'm so glad that that finally they came in. Yeah, yeah. Remember when we filed that <laughs> off screen? Oh, yeah. Back at the bar and like between throwing punches, between throwing punches, we filed a permit. You don't remember that? Oh yeah, very small moment. No, we had the little Mexican boy do it. Little Robert Blake. Isn't that crazy? Oh yeah, yeah. There is a case of a lot of brown makeup being used. A lot of brown makeup. Did he? Wasn't he charged with like murdering his wife back in like yes, the early Yes, he 2000s? was. Oh yes, but he, was, he got away with it, right? He wasn't destroyed. Yeah, he no, was, he got convicted. He got convicted. He, he did not. Okay. Yeah. Is yeah. he still alive or did he die in prison? Um, uh, he died. He died uh, this last year. He died in prison, or mm. did he? Yeah, I think he. Did. No, he got acquitted. He got acquitted in the death of his wife. He, he died of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What I thought. He was convicted. That's so know, weird. Maybe the glove didn't fit. Um, but because got, I 100% think he did it. That's why. <laughs> yeah, he died a and, year uh, in 2000. He, he died in the spring of, of 2023. I remember okay. that. Okay. Yeah. He was a good actor. He didn't get many chances to show it, but he was good. Well, I mean, look, he's 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 fantastic uh, as being like a really <laughs> creepy dude, you know? Lost <laughs> yeah. Highway. That was his final film yeah. role. Yeah. Like, he's like so good in that, but it's like, well, he's so good because he's actually malicious. <laughs> Tarantino <laughs> dedicated uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to Robert Blake. Oh, no, really? Oh, I forgot about that. He, he Imagine if he dedicated Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to Roman Polanski. Well, well he dedicated yeah. it because Brad Pitt's character is accused of killing his wife. Mm. <laughs> like, literally, this, yep. I don't know. This, this is on the... Really? Wow. Yeah. Is, is it in Cold Blood that Robert Blake was was? Yes, uh, was he's, that this is, is probably his greatest performance. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. In that Cold well, again, don't, sh don't short sell Beretta. But. <laughs> I do like I did like Beretta when I was a child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I imagine his his uh, trial was probably his greatest performance. Oh, hey, oh, there it is. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Probably right. I I wanted this movie though. I wanted to buy. You know, I believed him uh, with the lottery tickets. You know, like I, I think that. You know, don't don't short sell the performance of uh, getting fucking getting oh, Humphrey yeah. Bogart to buy those lottery tickets. Buy the lottery tickets. Yeah, <laughs> yep. he's got yeah. to take the water in the face. Sir. <laughs> he was the last remaining little rascal. I forgot. I forgot he was a little oh rascal. Too. Oh, that's, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. He was a baby. Yeah. 
So, so my uh, kid's bus driver went to uh, Turkey and um, I told him like the important thing is whenever you get to Turkey, um, you're going to get swarmed by little children, uh, you know, begging from you. And, and all you need to say is, is, uh, you know, just, just yell fucking Turkish and they'll, they'll back off. And so I taught him to fucking Turkish. He's like, I'm not going to need that. Comes back from Turkey. And he's just like, dude, I'm just, I wish I could remember what she told me. Cause like I got swarmed by those kids. <laughs> How could you forget that? <laughs> oh, I no, love how Mealy Cohen's like, what? <laughs> Where's the story going? Well, well, there was an incredible sense he started with. I was like, okay, I can't wait to see what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> And, and like oh you know you know granted he got the he got the winning lottery ticket there but like it just seemed that that humphrey bogart's character needed to learn like you know you know, scream fucking spanish to the kid okay that's that's the attempted relevancy I yes okay. <laughs> well there's, there's that, the, the book has that great line where uh he says the cold water in the face is just taken as a as a sign of a um burgeoning business relationship oh that's right much. it's just the opening of the negotiations <laughs> yeah, or something. <laughs> that's right well and they and they had I, I never really noticed it that they start with bogart ripping up his lottery ticket in front of the that's what he's doing right that's the, yep. i don't remember that from watching it nine million times on television all cut to pieces um yeah the, that's the other thing is like yeah on letterboxd i've watched this twice I've watched this way more than that, but like in segments, yeah. <laughs> like over the years, like we had the movie channels for years and I would always, Oh, Treasure Stan Madre. Awesome. You know, and be like, I would like, see, KT like watching moments of the wizard of Oz and then finally sitting down to watch the whole thing okay. as an adult. Yeah. I mean, it's, I know I'm, it, I'm so impressed. You guys did that. Wizard of Oz makes me cry buckets. So I can't watch it anymore. Same. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was pretty pro of her to like not reveal her thoughts on until the show too, which, which yeah. was, yes. you know, even if I didn't agree with, with some of the thoughts, but I get it. And yeah. it was, it was still like, what an excellent scientific study. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like, Oh it's yeah. You've never when seen you're this. a child yes. first watch it and it stays with you as an adult, oh. but when you're an adult with no connection yeah. to it, you're like, mm. I, I cannot wait no. to see like the papers oh. written about that episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh yeah, and so I I this was um uh, this is the uh, Treasure Share Madre is in the National Film Registry, I think, right? Like it was, yes. it was yeah. uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like culturally significant uh, so yes. on and so on. Right? I know yeah. people I know people think like these searchers is like the ultimate western, but I'm like, I mean, that film's got John Wayne in it and the Native Americans or you know, the villains obviously because it's, and it's John just Wayne. Got big hunks of terrible cornball humor which everybody just tries to Everyone forgets it. about. No, it's all yeah. over the it's all it's, over it's all through the movie and it's a lot yeah. of it's horribly racist on top of that but it's yeah. super like that's why i'm like this is the superior western <laughs> has beautiful things in it but i remember the first time i really sat down at a theater to watch searchers after hearing nothing but masterpiece 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 going this is it sure if you only look at these sequences but you gotta look yes. at the whole movie yeah. so anyway yeah yeah there's, there's a lot of it that doesn't get over for sure and it's yeah. it, well it's interesting because i do like john ford don't get me wrong oh me like, too but like yeah i, th I think that Especially that one played by david lynch oh absolutely that was the best part of that movie if you ask me oh absolutely that was the best part <laughs> yeah absolutely was lynch but it's great. like i feel like john ford with the exception of like what Liberty Valance and uh, 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 probably Stagecoach too, kind of like King of like the, that film was pretty good. That was pretty good. How about my era. darling Clementine? It's still got racist oh, things. My but darling. It was racist, but he's he's you know when he's on it, he's on. He's he's sometimes so beautiful. And you know the is one that thing Henry Fonda is it? That's Henry Fonda, right? That's the Henry Fonda one. Yeah. 
I don't know if I've seen Meyer Lemon. That's the, Lemon that's okay. the Doc Holiday Wyatt Earp. Very melancholy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, that one. I mean, I like whatever, but it's like John John Ford is like the you know you see Ford Apache like just like on like the movie channel and, and like, oh, yeah. yeah you know you, you watch it and it's fine, but it is like again just like in Stagecoach. Oh yeah, the horrible racism didn't oh, really age oh. that well. You know, <laughs> I knew. Surprise! All those searchers they didn't give Natalie Wood like brown face or something like that where she played the you know main yeah. indigenous girl. I was like, wow, that's a first. Yeah. Well, I mean, but- it's, pretty problematic well, but whatever but she's the kidnapped she's kidnapped she's white yeah. and kidnapped so that's why yeah, yeah. but they would have <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah there's a I, I guess uh they originally wanted <laughs> for the tim holt role yeah. uh john garfield oh my god which he's so movie. edgy Good <laughs> Lord. that would have been edge versus edge with but, the Bogart and Garfield, Christ! But do you wow. know who else was considered? Who? I'm, I'm sorry, Force isn't isn't here to hear this. Ronald Reagan. Oh, yes, I did see that, and I couldn't. I, I whited it out. I blanked. <laughs> that would made it a B movie because that's all he was known for. Oh, yeah, yeah. you know that the history. You know, we all know why Nancy Reagan was like, you know, we're not good actors, but we could act as good politicians. That's basically yeah. how they got into politics Absolutely. because of her. Yeah. Oh, fuck you, Nancy! You throat goat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, just in case you were unclear of where we stood on the topic. <laughs> <laughs> we, get, we get get Barry to go have at her grave, right? Mm-hmm. Topical. Oh god. Yeah, I can't believe Forrest not here to hear the news. I mean that that movie would have been a B movie if Ronald Reagan had been in it for sure. Yeah, I mean yeah, like I, I, I think, think it's always mid. Well, and it's yeah. that's one of the reasons why it's so screwed up that like he's the one guy that didn't really see any any action from this because it's like he was really good like both those guys would like have ruined this movie you know especially when you think of you're right is when you think of those i mean garfield's a great actor but i just can't imagine i mean are any of reagan's films in like are they preserved for like you know for recognition and like you know uh the only performance he ever gave that's supposed to be good is king's row which is why he never shut up about it that's the one where his legs get cut off by a sadistic doctor and he has to go (laughs) where's the rest of me you know, he's not bad in the movie. The movie's better than most of what he did. But overall, he's yeah. just everyone knew he was bad then. Betty yeah, du- yeah. Davis used to refer to him as little Ronnie Reagan. Queen. Yeah. I mean, just like Elvis, the only good uh Reagan performance was Bruce Campbell in uh Fargo. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, just think if Elvis had lived, he would have been in, in a star is born. Oh my God! Yeah. Still, wow. Yeah. yeah, he probably would have killed it. His first big role, but but Colonel Tom Parker, the guy with all the great decisions, yeah. was like, "You're not going to get top billing, kid." Oh, I know, I know. But Elvis and and Barbara Streisand, that would have been a blockbuster. Like, well, you'd have had to watch it, no matter yeah. what kind of a grotesque thing it might have been. But it would have been a fascinating grotesque thing. Yeah. Yeah. Before we did the show, I brought up if anyone else had grown up with like field trips doing gold prospecting stuff. Because I yeah, think that this has got to be one of the more interesting movies we... to actually depict how you do that yeah. without actually. it being like, you know, like a documentary or anything. Okay. Like, I, have, I have a personal story about school and gold. So right. it was St. Patrick's Day. And we got back from lunch. And we noticed that a leprechaun came into our classroom. Everything, there was, <laughs> there was green footprints on our desk. There was gold uh-huh. 
and yeah. and and like rain and like a rainbow light like it was a whole thing i was like oh shit a leprechaun came in here but the gold was just rocks painted over with gold and i'm like Ugh, what a chip <laughs> i know and the leprechaun was just warwick davis uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Christina, no offense, that sounded like an Andy story. If, if I just it read really a transcript, I would, I would <laughs> like that was Andy. <laughs> I had to do that. I had to do that because I was like, the whole point is, is that, you know, we didn't do any of the cool gold hunting shit. We just yeah, I never even know. Gold. I didn't know even know anyone who ever did cool gold uh, hunting. Well, I actually, but I'm from California. Prospecting, uh, in Georgia. Like, like they, yeah. you know, there was a Georgia gold rush. Um, oh, I know that. Oh, and I mean, Christina is not that far from there. So, so like, what's up with that? But, but oh, yeah. uh, no, there, there was a Georgian gold rush. Go get your sluice box. And um, uh, there, there was a guarantee that you could find a little piece of gold in every single tray that, that they passed out at the uh, at the place. I couldn't find any. Uh, I just know my sweater game was on point that day. Um, <laughs> if, and, uh, if, we, if we ever do a movie about owls, um, I do have a story about how we dissected like owl poop. So. Okay. You're ready. You're ready for that one. <laughs> In third grade. What's happening right now? <laughs> I went to a boring school. That's the only answer. Well, so so I grew up in the Central Valley of California. Uh, and the Central Valley is not that far from the foothills of California yeah. where the big gold rush was. So yeah. it was like a, a thing where like, okay, everyone's gonna go, we're gonna go up and uh and pan know, for gold. And pan for gold. And if you mm -hmm. if you and here's the here's the, what they got you excited about. And if you find any, you can keep it, which of course like Come on, you're not gonna sure, find <laughs> but yeah. but it was interesting to me because I was thinking about it. I was like, well, a lot of people probably didn't have that experience, and like you kind of get like again, it isn't like a, a Vox explainer on how to pan for gold or anything, but you mm -hmm. get like kind of a how to. You see an actual like sluice, and you you see like you mm -hmm. are you you're shown, not told, what iron pyrite is, aka mm -hmm. fool's gold, mm -hmm. like in a way that that I feel like. It didn't need to be there, but it's so cool that it is because it gets you invested in that slow burn of what they're doing, why they're doing it, and how they're doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that that's what sort of sets us apart from, you know, all those like B tier, like John Ford Westerns and, and mm -hmm. whatever that just there would never be any interest in showing like how they how do you pan for gold? Nobody cares. Right. Nobody would be interested right. in that. Right, right. And that's and true. I think. And, and since you were trying to sh like illustrate like poverty, desperation, and greed, and like the corrupting power and whatnot, mm -hmm. like like to show like oh this is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. This is a lot of work. This isn't just like you go like oh there there's there's a, a leprechaun painted this gold and put this over here. <laughs> <Just pick it laughs> <up>. <laughs> you know yeah. like it's a yeah. lot of work. Uh -huh. And I think that's you. Uh, you missed a Ronald Reagan reference. Uh, uh, yes, he he almost got the lead. The, he almost got the Tim Holt. Uh, Tim Holt role, part. Yeah. Tim Holt, yeah, which which was the more jarring of the of the two, frankly. Uh, <laughs> Would have been a B movie. Yeah. So, but I get like again setting up the the plot and the premise. I'll go back to what I said earlier that I, like you know when they get the gold, that's only the start of of the story to a certain mm -hmm. degree, right? Like it's sort of like there's a whole movie where it's like oh yeah they get the gold yay and then like you know, roll credits mm -hmm. and it's like no no no. Oh no, mm -hmm. <laughs> not at all. And you get to see like a lot of like the whole thing with the uh, the Gila monster. Oh, I know. Right? That's what a great simple. scene. Because yeah. you see Bogart like clearly over overreacting, mm -hmm. <laughs> big time. And then like, and then there's a moment where he can kind of deescalate it a little bit, and he doesn't. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, I see where this is going. Mm -hmm. And he does the best talking to himself in a rage of yes. anyone. <laughs> He's yeah. great at that. He he does it again when he plays Captain Quig mentally disintegrating in um what do you call it? Cane mutiny. Where he's <laughs> falling apart and he keeps he keeps obsessing. He does obsession great wonderfully, paranoia, and that crazy seething rage. 
Um, That's Steely okay. Rage to uh, the line where, where he's like, well, you're talking to yourself. He's like, what? Do you think you guys are worth talking to or talking something? To. <laughs> So I guess like the shoot was like six months long, which is right? crazy. So, yeah. which is so maybe that's why he was so mad about how much money it was costing. Oh yeah, that's so yeah. long for them. Wow. And again, if you thought it was going to be shot on a lot, <laughs> like ten minutes away from Hollywood too. Uh, but during that entire time, the only uh, the only Spanish that Humphrey Bogart learned was Dos Equis. I did see that. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he wasn't selling a lot like actor prep or anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's not going method. <laughs> the thing about Walter Houston didn't know any either and had to just train himself to 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 imitate it. And he did it so well that everyone thought he spoke it. Well, that was that was yeah. impressive. I never would have guessed he couldn't speak. He was the Daniel Day Lewis of his time. Hola, come on, stars. This accent is a little. Where is the goal? Kind of like it's interesting how his character ends up. Where because yeah. when you when you first see the like the natives show up, you're like, oh, what's what's uh -oh. this gonna be about, right? Yeah, and and then ends up being and you you kind of get like again, not that you need at that point, but you get a uh, sort of thermometer of everyone's character mm -hmm. at, at the reaction. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's so cool that, 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 you know, he ends up coming up clearly objectively the best off of any of them because A, he isn't dead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> B, he isn't he, like he's rich in other ways. Uh -huh. And yeah. I think that's an, in a way that like in other hands that could be cloying or annoying or mm -hmm. obnoxious. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but, but it's capped with just like, oh yeah, here's this, here's just like yet another tragedy in an ongoing series of tragedies, which is all the gold just blew away because nobody knew what that's what's when those in the bags. Uh -huh. Well, yeah. you gotta. I mean, what, one of the things that makes that character fascinating is this is just another gold trip uh, in the whole life of gold. Trip, oh yeah, right? he's like, this whole, his whole life exactly. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and the, it really hits on this. Um, you know, like like reading the book, like there's chapters that are just dedicated to him telling them story, like old stories or whatever. And it's like, no, like this guy's been on actually worse uh, gold adventures than this one. Like this one's actually pretty mild in comparison to the one where they found a huge amount of gold and they're all like, you know, running around together. And then, you know, people start uh, like their entire people were like massacred by the Native Americans that were, mm -hmm. you know, right. like the Native Mexican mm -hmm. indigenous tribe that was there. Mm -hmm. Like this guy's seen some shit. So like, it's funny that this is for, for Humphrey Bogart and for, uh, you know, for, for like pretty much anybody that isn't him. Uh, mm -hmm. this, this is like a story that's um that this is the story but for yeah. him it's like yeah this is just a he's the one that brings it up right he like, he, yeah. he, he yeah. like mentions the whole like people allying against each other thing and here's yeah. why like he's yeah, got he everything he's been through I mean, it all yeah. and he's like and me you know i can't get that far you get me easily so which is a which is a great line because it's so matter of fact like he's not trying to be like you know mr mm -hmm. pompous know-it-all about it he's just like oh no i would never like there's a clear reason why it should be me. It's because I'm old. right. Right. <laughs> do, you guys, uh, do you guys think that the the prospect, like, because now like the prospector always kind of looks like uh, Walter Houston, like this character, right? Like, oh, I think so. Yes, I think he just he this just is created the, the role, and, yeah. And now that's what. Oh he wow! I never yeah, thought like in the like, ballad of Buster Scruggs when it's Tom Waits and he's yeah, yeah, the old dude. Of course, he doesn't do a well, dancer. Even even uh, even Toy Story, you know, not not to like. Oh right. There's right. one of the characters in one of the Prospector Sam like, or something. Yeah, yeah. like the prop, and, and he looks like the Walter Houston character. And right. I didn't put two and two together until watching it like this time. But like, I, I think that it's well, it's you know, I, the the image of the prospector seems so. Um, I mean, either they took it from somewhere else, but I think that it probably is him. Like that's the. I think it might be him. Yeah. Almost yeah, like this, this leprechaun esque figure, almost like. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I also like it that he wind. Okay, so he winds up in a kind of paradise, which is great. Yeah, because you know he's always the guy who who kind of knows what. Even though he's always going for gold and always going for the fortune, he always seems to know what's precious. He's the one who says, "Now water, water is precious." So he seems to have a kind of weird, you know, not only is he observant and smart, but he also has this kind of way of putting values back into place, which seems like it's got to be part of the whole socialist thinking of like what really matters in the end, he's going to have everything. He's going to have the best food, the best everything. But I love it because in Disney movies, you know, from what, from jungle book to, to what's the newer one, Hakuna, whatever that song is. Uh, Whenever the characters get into paradise and the food is falling off the tree, trees into their hands and everything mm. and everything's perfect. That's bad. Because Disney felt that the work ethic, the Protestant work ethic, was the, what made for greatness. So if right, you're right. laying around in paradise, <laughs> you know, being fed papaya or whatever, and you don't have to work for it, that's that's just very, very bad. And the whole reason he gets there is because he has an idea of the commons, right? He decides to help yeah. and be altruistic when he doesn't have it. There's no real reason to right. other than to be a good human being. And like, obviously, well, fact, he should go to go to this kind of apparent paradise. Perfect. Yeah. And there's not, there's no moral disapproval of like, no, he's going to go stay there and yeah. live just a heavenly life. Actually, this is way better than hanging out at that bar. <laughs> yeah, way better. <laughs> Wait, this, I, this just popped up on my YouTube algorithm, but because we oh, talked yeah, about it. Oh, so we talked about the bugs. Yeah, because we invoked it earlier. Just the 10 seconds of it. Yeah. Pardon me, but could you help out a fellow American who's down on his luck? So fun, fun tidbit. Uh, a doctor was assigned to the unit in Mexico one night that had a tenant John Houston because uh, they were smoking the weed, him and his dad, and he had an adverse reaction. And apparently uh -oh. he never touched the stuff again for the rest of his life. Because oh, my gosh. Wow. You, yeah. you get one one bad trip or whatever, and mm -hmm, it's uh, over. But I like that he was smoking it with his dad in Mexico. On, on <laughs> yeah. I mean, Senator my mom won't let me smoke weed with her. It's weird. It's it's. I I I mean, I don't smoke cigarettes. I probably don't smoke weed. But she's like, "You're going on a podcast about weed." I'm like, "Yep." And she's like, "What do you got planned?" I'm like, "An edible." <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's it's the green nuggets. Green gold. <laughs> Another thing, I guess, uh, Houston and the art director, uh, they spent, like, they scouted around for the locations that they use, and they, like, covered, like, 8,000 miles before they finally settled on. Um, mm. Again, let's go back to, like, how expensive this movie was. <laughs> but, yeah. hey, it looks amazing, right? Like, yeah. uh, when you think of, and again, this is this is part of our uh, Movie Night Adventure series, right? Our second mm -hmm. series of movies that um, are adventure movies. Mm -hmm. This is... One of the great ones for that alone, because again, it, without leading to like tokenism or anything along those lines, it does, it has like the, the adventuring spirit to it. Mm -hmm. It just happens to be like the downside of it most of the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. So the one, one thing uh, that costs, I think probably a shitload of money, uh, the windstorm and the final scene was created by yeah. jet engines borrowed from the Mexican air force. Oh, so they paid the Mexican mm -hmm. air force off. Also didn't, didn't really know Mexico had an air force, but oh, hey, it's just it's a little surprising. I didn't even know Mexico had an air force, <laughs> let alone we were renting from them. What are they up well, to like, down there? Oh, it just, it's hard to imagine like America letting Mexico have an air force. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Poor uh, actors here. 
Your heart goes out to him sometimes. That must have been miserable. That was really miserable. <laughs> it looks great, though. <laughs> no, God, it really does. Yeah. Uh, shall we go uh, Letterbox one-liners? Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So Letterbox, of course, is a social media site for film lovers who talk at, with, and to each other about the movies they love. Maybe the movies that they didn't love. The movies that they saw some incredibly dirty and smelly people in. And of course, <laughs> all of this is best expressed uh, succinctly. You don't sit Siskel's and Ebers of the world. Bottom-up democracy. Everyone gets to have their say. Everyone gets to chime in. And then we excerpt them and we uh, put them on the screen for this bit, which is the letterbox one-liners for Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Let's go. Couldn't understand anything the old guy was saying. Awesome film. Why wasn't Tim Holt a bigger star? <laughs> oh, there you go. It's like our podcast in one one line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of is a little bit. <laughs> I do like how mushmouthy is though, because that's real. You know, that guy would mm-hmm. not have perfect elocution. Darker seats yeah. look really white though. Yeah, they do there. But um, yeah, I Tim Holt. I, I think Tim Holt's a victim of his own uh, circumstances, like. In the sense that, like, he does a good performance in this. It's just, it does what it, it does what it's supposed to do. It's just, you know, he was just, just next to a career best by Humphrey Bogart and yeah. a career yeah. best by Walter Houston. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but if he was trying to outact them, the character wouldn't be good. So it's like yeah. a, it's yeah. almost like a catch twenty two, right? Like, a... Amberson's is before this, right? It was like forty two, I think. Yeah, it's before. Yeah, that's right. Damn. I'm and in the meantime, he'd gone to war and got, you know, kind of more ma- more older and more weathered looking. Yeah. Yeah. He was a more weathered cowboy. Yeah. Cowboy. <laughs> it's a more different cowboy. <laughs> a different cowboy. Seems to me that going camping with Bogey isn't very fun. <laughs> I mean, I could have I could have told you that without watching Treasure of the Sierra Madre. <laughs> He's drunk <laughs> the entire time. Let's keep the Dasakis around. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Apparently he was drunk and he told a film critic while filming this, like he saw a film critic that had like doubted him in the past. And he's like, oh, I can only play good characters, huh? Well, you know, you're about to see the worst shit you ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because it was, because he was an unlikable like character. I mean, Dude, yeah. Got it. All right. Yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> I love the idea of having a quick snack before a big shootout. Yeah, the shootout in this, like the, the shootout between, uh, you know, bandits in in like the hills and fucking, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it oh that's right, they have an hour, so they all decide to eat. That's right. Beans yeah. with coffee. Can we just take a moment? Beans with coffee. Do I need to say anything else? Well, they're, well, they're Mexicans, I guess. I mean, that's like that's like classic. No, that's like classic Hollywood being like, well, they're Mexican. They eat beans. Like, well, it's it's a fine thing to eat on camping. I'm just saying the combination of those things are not usually too great for the digestive system. That's all yeah. I'm saying. If I was going into battle, I don't know. You only got what you Oh, maybe, maybe and, if and they run out of bullets, they could just start shitting at them. Bandits also ride around on horses. Like, yeah. with the, so if you're eating be- beans and coffee. And then riding a horse seems oh, fucking terrible. Yeah. Sounds like a bad idea all around, yeah. if you ask me. <laughs> but they do. Also, it's like, oh, oh, they're not going to be here for forty-five minutes. Let's go eat. I love. Oh, the, right. I love the scene. I love the scene where they're passed out though, and the prospector uh, is like, "Hey, you're going to want your beans. Eat your beans. Hey, you're going you're to want your beans." And they're they're just yeah. completely asleep, and it goes on for thirty seconds. <laughs> beans, beans, and musical fruit. Bogart inventing goblin mode. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Hard agree. It's it's goblin mode. It's, it's you. You think that I'm not going to take my goblin and go home? He does great talking to himself stuff. Yes. Uh, as as, as it gradually escalates, and he has the whole wagon train of the of the donkeys. 
Bernie I love Swagger. that it's a different kind of talking to yourself than like the noir kind where it's like, you know, yeah. like that's when I that's when I went, you know, walked down the street and I thought <laughs> somebody was selling the gold. But in the, like he's I don't know. It's, he's he's becoming almost like the pro like you have to imagine that that prospect talks to himself all the time too. Although even he's like, whoa, talking to yourself is a little much for me. I kind of imagine that's what Oliver Stone sounds like. Mm. At this point, yeah. <laughs> Except for about JFK. Probably. <laughs> Thank you. There's both fools and gold in them there, Hales. True. <laughs> they they're they're kind of fools. They're they're not they're not the smartest. They're learning on the job, right? Like this is not mm. you never want to say like I'm built different to like an old man in a <laughs> hotel that's like it's like gold makes people do crazy things. Like you can already tell fucking uh, Humphrey Bogart for the beginning is a little off his, you know, he's just a little off. Like yeah. that's why he's in the position he's in anyway. And then he's like, oh, I would never do that. And it's like, bro, like we just saw you beat a guy up for 200 bucks. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> we know very well you would. Yeah, you kidding me? <laughs> you asked the same guy three times for, you know, a peso. Like, right. And, <laughs> No, that's one of my favorite things is we don't get any backstory. That's the other than that, yes. you know, Curtin liked that peach harvest that time. I mean, we don't know anything about these guys or how they got to be in, in these circumstances. Oh, these two, anyway. I love that. That's great. You That would never happen now. Now you'd have to have the fucking prequel that tells you Psych 101, you know, how they grew <laughs> up. And well, <laughs> that, that's like the difference between Sorcerer and Wages of Fear, you know? But look at uh, look at like even B. Traven. Like, I mean, for a different reason. Like, nobody knew why. Like, why he was in Mexico, right? Like, he's he's either a German or a Dutchman or an American. <laughs> he's or, definitely or, one of those things. Yeah, <laughs> so he's, he's one of those things, and he's in he's in Mexico City for could be a like, leprechaun for all I know. I don't know. <laughs> like, it, it mirrors it mirrors his own his own thing where it's like I like he wrote like these like these short stories where he's like I'm not going to tell you any information about myself and it's like. Or his characters, apparently, their backstories, which is good, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it mirrors his own uh, again, reticence. Again, in the biopic industrial complex, but make a biopic about that guy first. So yes. they tried to write five separate biographies about him when uh, professional biographers gave up. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, anyway, back to the letterbox one liners. Get a load of this fucking guy energy. Yes. <laughs> this fucking guy. Get a load of this fucking guy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the other, the other, the uh, the other thing that I wanted oh, to yeah, say back, about back, back to that, yeah. No, but the B. guy. Um, there was some guy. There was some uh, Mexican journalist that befriended the guy that he thought he was, like the Hal whatever guy, and mm -hmm. he like you know got to know the guy like secretly. Was like watching him, like you know. And finally, he was like, "It's you. You're B. Traven. And the guy's like, "I'm going to literally kill myself, <laughs> like if you publish the story." And, and he's like, he's like, and then like the guy's talking to like the camera at the BBC thing, and he's like. I told him, if you kill yourself, it's on you, man. And he's like, thank God he didn't. Wow. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Those were different times. <laughs> Fred C. Dobbs walked so Daniel Plainview could run. Perfectly displays what greed does to a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely well, and true. It's also like there's, you know, it's like the underclass, right? Like where if you're the guy for the underclass, it, like a lot of these stories, like because it's around here, like you don't get more empathy for the people around you or like, you're not like, oh, I wish I could have the money to like, you know, alleviate the suffering of these other people. You're like, I wish I had this money, and then I'm gonna like, I'm gonna go fucking bitch out the guy at the restaurant, you know, exactly. and, like, <laughs> like customer I'm service. Send the meal hours, back like, even yeah. if it's done right. And he brags <laughs> about it. That's right. I, for I forgot he was an aspiring Karen. Yeah, that's <laughs> Karen. 
<laughs> well, in the in the in the novelization, he is a cat. Like he gets the two pesos from the fucking uh, you know, the John Houston kind of guy. He gets the two pesos. He goes to the Chinese restaurant and instantly mm-hmm. starts complaining to the Chinese restaurant about how they've raised their prices uh, by a few cents. And mm-hmm. <laughs> fantastic. But I mean, it's all it's all. But it's it all tied up in the uh, I know what gold does to men's souls line. Though, yeah. Right. I mean, it's perfect in there. No, I just, it, I just I I think it's interesting what they what they were able to like take into this character because this seems like a very hard character to put on screen uh, without kind of the the betraven um, like n- like narration of telling you what what what's going through the guy's mind right. or like what he's like you know what I mean like and Humphrey Bogart does it perfectly but that that line perfectly embodies it where he's like I'll send the meal back even if it's, even if the meal's fine I'll send it back. But Betraven like, also adds that he says something like he just wants the human ple- the very human pleasure of being able to complain. Which, yeah. So there's a lot of that kind of, you know, we're not just looking at who's the bad guy who falls apart yeah. or who can't take the pressure. It's, you know, there's, there's really an, an you know, an unbeautiful analysis of human nature going on. Fritzy really Dobbs good. would make a great main character on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, he'd be like the venture capitalist that did get the gold or whatever, and like he manages to like invest some of it, and then spends the rest of his life just bitching about like really inane shit to the point where it's like, exactly. all right, man, it's like, <laughs> no, he wouldn't be the venture capitalist. He'd be the guy who invested in, in Bitcoin and thinks he's a millionaire. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, do you want? Do you want to get, sir? Sir, I got, I got the winning Bitcoin. Number 13. I got all the winning numbers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's like bad if you like alt click his pictures. Speaking of alt clicking, move on. Exactly. The old prospector is one of the coolest dudes I've ever seen. Aww. Hard agree. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Those are the letterbox one letters for treasure of Sierra Madre. Please, please, please follow the show's letterbox HQ account at Movie Night Extra where we're logging this film and uh, many others on all letterbox stories. Uh, you can also follow each of us, always Flacco over there. He's built different. You can find out if you uh, follow him on letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> I, of course, am at Kona Neutron. I know what gold does to men's souls. <laughs> and you can find out all about it on my letterbox, where I'm watching the highbrow, the midbrow, the populist fair, uh, all that stuff. Follow me along for the Criterion Challenge. I'm also doing the film school, dro- film school dropouts challenge as well at the same time, because... I too am built different. Uh, J. Andrew Pisco, <laughs> Pisco Banditi World badges. I don't need no stinking badges, but you do need to follow him to find all the weirdest stuff that he's watching. Lots of Doctor Who episodes currently, but yes, <laughs> but he's watching it uh, all the weirdest stuff. So you don't have to. Maybe you can. Not for me to judge. I don't know. It's just it's just what it is. Uh, the rhinestone cowgirl down there. Um, Christina. Our our cosmopolitics is. Uh, occasionally on on the letterbox and logging stuff as well please follow her as well yeah i did i did my year like you know my letterbox year review anyone want to take a guess who was my most watched actor (laughs) yeah yeah shocking what a shocking development that is those were clean clothes mister (laughs) uh eileen jones is far too busy to be on letterboxd uh but uh we we love her nonetheless and for it Please take us away with the plugs, why don't you? All right, if you're watching us right now on YouTube, please do those YouTube things, like, comment, subscribe. Um, of course, you know, hit the bell. And the big ask that we always ask you to do, watch the video to the end. That actually allows other movie fans to find our content and lets you <laughs> hear that great Conan Neutron song. Get that I know what gold going. does to Leprechaun Souls. <laughs> See that movie. Very good, very good. Very good. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, we're also on Twitch uh, while there is a Twitch. And um, yeah, do the Twitch thing. looking too good, guys. We have to move the kick. Um, you know, th- throw us a sub over there means, if you can. Okay. Uh, if you have you to have a camera. Oh, okay. 
if you happen to have an Amazon Prime account, uh, you can subscribe to us for free. Doesn't cost you anything, but actually really does help out our account. So you know, keeps us in hats. Yes, yeah, it supplies hat <laughs> budget. I, I, I need, uh, I, I need to get you know extra money so that I can get so I can afford the rest of this hat. <laughs> Doesn't even have a complete one, people. He's the host of the show. Uh, it, it, it's a it's a brim and then a mosquito net. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, because. But also, too, you don't have any hair, so I can see why you need it. Oh, yeah. Did you know that? You didn't have any hair for us. Wait, what? <laughs> Where did it go? <laughs> you got to protect that head from mosquitoes. You also need to protect that head from sun in this hat. It's not sun. <laughs> it's a, it's a poor job of both things, I guess. I think the top kind of does. A little. But, uh, you know, really, let's... let's uh, Follow us on, on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Blue Sky. Um, threads, oh, too. Threads, yes, yeah. threads. Uh, Not just a depressing movie. Correct. It's a depressing social media site, too. <laughs> it is. But, but, yeah, you know, you don't have to. <laughs> Thank you. But follow us on the one that, uh, you know, the social media site that depresses you the least. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Friendster. Exactly. Follow uh, our MySpace. All right. <laughs> And of course, uh, support us over on Patreon. Uh, you know, you can join us uh, and be able to go to our backlog of uh, after parties, which we are not doing one tonight. That's right. Um, yep. But but uh, if you, if you feel like you need more content from us, there's plenty more. Uh, you know, uh, extra material right there behind the paywall. Uh, so sign up on Patreon and, and check some of that stuff out. There are some absolute gems. Yes. I'm glad it's behind the paywall. That's what I will say. About it. <laughs> <laughs> Got a professional reputation. True. 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 Some, the, uh, uh, absolute, there's some absolute gems, but you know, we are. Let's keep it locked away, why don't we? We're the kind of uh, crazy fucking people going, you know, going nuts for gold out there. So, right, like, exactly. Or Buffett, as one of the cases may be. Buy gold, guys. <laughs> the gold is hot now, apparently. You, you won't go bankrupt or anything. Thing. The gold is hot, and so are the takes in the movie night extravaganza Patreon. <laughs> the gold, the, the gold is the gold is hot, and then you do the fucking uh, Uncle Alligator voice, and so are the broads. Like, Stay gold. <laughs> Stay gold. Oh wait, that's the Outsiders. On Patreon. Ooh, they call it Patreon, folks. <laughs> You're never gonna believe it, kid. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm not having to get a material right now. It all was done by a real guy that was the actual producer of the movie. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't even need it. Yeah, and of course, uh, Conan is over there uh, hosting yes. Sonic Reversal, and yes. uh, um, which which you just had somebody cool on, and I'm forgetting who it was because Scott McDonald of Arc Welder. They just put yes. out their first record since 1999, which is Ooh. pretty astounding. And yeah. it's five years ago. Oh. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna they, they are they are now officially Y2K compliant. Nineteen ninety nine, honestly, was the best years. year of music. Hand out, fight me, I don't care. Uh, yeah, so that's a great episode. If you know what that band is, uh, the people that do are, are very into it. Uh, mm -hmm. Former guest of Proton Reversal and recently of this show, Gerald V. Casali of Devo, on uh, Thursday. 
So very excited. We're going to talk about the Devo documentary that is now uh, premiering at Sundance, I believe, as well as all the touring they're doing. Uh, of course, the new video, all that stuff. Uh, we got into a little bit of that with 2001, the now classic episode of, what, two weeks ago? Three. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> it was Christmas. Instant classic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so tune in for that. Year. Protonic, Thursday, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific. And there's a Patreon as well, so advance yes. access if you if you miss it live, pay me a dollar. Especially pay me a dollar now. I'm broke. <laughs> broke, 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 broke. Got to get that Patreon money. But you can get the episode early, so so exactly. You, know, you don't have to wait around, uh, like like you know people who who are like, uh, um, you know you know uh, Fred Dobbs over there, uh, you know just bumming around Mexico waiting for the free stuff. Um, you know, pay and get those episodes early. Can you help a fellow podcaster down on his luck? <laughs> 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 and, and of course, uh, you can check out uh, Kona Neutron's band, Kona Neutron and Secret Friends, over at neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Yep. yep. And uh, Adult Proms, the new one. That's right. And we, we got some tour dates to announce, but I'm not doing it for a little while. So, <laughs> very cool. Mm-hmm. Big things coming. Yes. <laughs> That's what they always say big things coming. And then it's like, oh, you're playing a show? Was that the big thing? <laughs> <laughs> You know, if you guys, if you guys look, you know, we've been moving in silence, but big things are coming. Yeah, big things are coming. Moving Number one, no, you have it. Number two, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll, be, it'll be another month that I can announce stuff. So. Looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it, too. It's, it's <laughs> snowing like crazy right now. I can't wait to do more band stuff. I know we're having a horrible windstorm. It was really scary. I was afraid my power would go out in the middle of the wind. Oh, yeah, wind. Everyone's like, I, I'm like, you know, it rained too. Everyone's like, oh, I got snow. Uh, and I'm like, I get rain and floods. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're getting actually snow and rain and floods. Oh, God. Did you just try to one up the misery weather? <laughs> <laughs> like right now, I, like, I'm getting That's because of climate change school. at this point. My sister's like, I like being in New Jersey, living here, and, and, and it feels like Christmas. I'm like, no, it doesn't. You guys haven't gotten snow in years. You filthy liar. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, and rain and flood. Oh, oh my. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I'm like sitting there, you know, like, you know, prepping for the show and I'm getting a phone call from the kid's school and just like, oh, it's going to rain and snow and flood? The fuck? They oh, cancel school now for, for, for rain now. Like, it's like everyone's like back in my days, we just went in the hallway and cr- I'm like, who gives a fuck? You know, you could do shit at home now with, with schooling. Are you running for school board? What's happening? Like, why are you hearing so much about this? <laughs> because my mom's like, "Did you hear?" Because we have customers who are like, "We cancel because we don't want you guys cleaning oh, while we're I home." Okay. And I'm like, "Awesome! Another day to stream. Cool." There you go. Yeah. Sp- speaking of which, you're you're over there on uh, Twitch yeah. streaming. Yes, and I'm gonna be going on Kick.com as well as Cosmopolitics. Uh, Kick does the revenue split of 95 for the streamer and five percent for Kick. Not 50-50 like Twitch does. All right. Mm. The, the, thing that, the thing that really fucks everything, too, is that the money on Twitch is going to Jeff Bezos. Yes. He's like, he's, he's like, he's like the richest man in the world, and he's like, I also need 50%. And Amazon does not care about Twitch, which explains why probably by 2025, Twitch is just going to... Mm. So we got to start finding our alternatives it's now. Like, it's, like the, it's like a fucking mafia Don of New York City like kicking a homeless guy and being like, hey... Let me get like half of that chain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On stream this week, I'll be discussing like this, you know, the uh, changes to Twitch firing another third of their staff, uh, probably going over Trump 
you know, teams like, yeah, it's he could be he could, you know, assassinate his rivals and he'll get total immunity because he's president, like shit like that. Mm. There's a lot of stuff going on that I gotta discuss mm-hmm. this week. So the, the Don Yay. Jr. tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're like, which one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, Donald Trump was not on Epstein Island. I'm like, well, Joe number 70, 174. We'll 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 see about that. All right, so follow Christina on Twitch for whatever that was. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, if you have no clue what we're talking about. I yeah, don't. Well. <laughs> like I'm, I'm on the show. I'm, How I'm do you getting expect a headache, so I'm like, Bleh. I got a headache on this all the time, yeah. And, and of course, uh, if you want to support Christina over, uh, she has a Patreon as well, um, patreon.com slash cosmopolitics. Mm-hmm. And um, throw her some dough. Yes, please. Or some gold. Uh, yeah, yes. keep it appropriate to the movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and Eileen's over been prospecting at uh, Film Suck. I am. I just wrote a piece on, kind of belatedly, on Saltburn and related it to Kind Hearts and Coronets, which is an old. I love Saltburn. I told my, I was like, my mom was like, "What's Saltburn?" I'm like, "Well, Barry Keoghan <laughs> has like a girthy, eight-inch long penis. He, someone fucks a grave. Someone licks <laughs> semen off the bathtub, and she's like." It had I'm, it like, all. I'm like, come on. I'm like, mom, you've never seen a penis before. Come on. More male frontal nudity. We're it's like when the after party it. already. I know. <laughs> it's done in the one, so I'm splashing a little bit in. But it's, so, it's, so what it's, you're it's, saying is I shouldn't watch phrasing. it while my child was done. <laughs> no, do not. Definitely do not. Well, I, okay. I, think, uh, I think that they need to make Christina permanent. Like uh, when, when somebody like misses a, a bachelorette uh, person, like they can hire Christina to join their bachelorette <laughs> party. Oh, oh, planet. Yeah. They'll yeah. be like, full frontal it's male nudity. Let's see some penis. It's got the names. Nobody asked me. I saw Saltburn. I, w- I was kind of let down after Promising Young Woman, which I quite liked. So I, I also people are discovering that she was Mitch and Barbie, and I'm like, yeah, they gave the most raunchy female director the most timid, safe role in, in the film. Yeah. Anyway, go Emerald. Mm. Mm. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Next. What's it, what, what else? What else we got? I, I don't know. I was going to also, also like a the... uh, uh, Jacobin because we were talking about. Uh... Oh yeah. But but uh, oh yeah yeah we're on Eileen's plugs. I just yeah. Oh oh sorry sorry I'm I'm terrible at plugging because you know right now it's the January doldrums, so I haven't even flogged myself to the theater since since the end of December. Last thing I wrote was poor thing the review of poor things, so you know it's now it's things like Night Swim and I don't know. <laughs> I can't Did you see Godzilla minus one? That's I question. haven't, but I've heard it's great. My godson was like, you gotta go see, you gotta go see it. I've had several people tell me it's, it's way better I think- than most what i saw in 2023 yeah it's it's my second favorite after holdovers i think yeah yeah that's what and i was and, and i don't know i walked into later. it kind of pre-hype now everyone's talking about it so i guess keep the next but like i i found it like for once like the human side of the story wasn't the worst part of the movie like yeah. every other godzilla movie right 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 godzilla <laughs> it's very good yeah so anyway, I still got catch up to do, and I just I just haven't even been able to start. I, I adopted a dog. I had the holidays. It's terrible weather. I have a plumbing emergency. I have a million excuses. So well, Thumbsuck has a Patreon, and you, you can join. I actually am on it. Uh-huh. I don't do that thank for many you. shows. I bring it up every time because I'm a cheapskate. Uh, but it's very good. And it's, oh, thank it's, you. I think it's, it's just trying it's to get this <laughs> <laughs> it's Eileen, her partner Dolores, and it's uh, they, it, it comes with an ethos. It's a very entertaining show, and most shows suck about movies. So, oh, yeah. thank you. 
do. <laughs> we're counting on that low bar. That's what yeah, we're Yeah, exactly. The bar is very low. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The show may meander, but at least we're funny. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Here's some of these shows. Oh. And uh, of course, uh, for me, I just uh, put out that video on uh, Give Them an Arguments page if you want to learn about a socialist sculptor. Um, there, there, there's a, uh, yeah, I got to, uh, to, uh, make a little video about, uh, about him shortly after his, uh, hundredth birthday. So, um, uh, which, which, uh, granted it took a while for us to put the video together and now he's 101. Uh, well, he's also dead. So, so it doesn't really oh. matter. <laughs> also dead. <laughs> I would have probably led with the dead part, but I don't know. Maybe that's just yeah. me. No, he died. He died in, uh, back in 2000. Uh, I'm the Michael Bay of plugging obscure things. Apparently, get right to the explosion. <laughs> yeah. oh. But yeah, go go check that out uh, and learn about uh, uh, Leonard uh, Baskin. Leonard Baskin. Yeah. Okay. Exciting. All right, um, Eileen. Final mm. thoughts on this movie? Anything? Uh, I will just say my, my favorite line is my favorite little bit is Bogart when when he's watching the you know Howard the Walter Houston character run up the hill and he's just like and you know and and Curtin says and here you thought we were going to pack him on his back and he said well that was when I thought he was an ordinary human being not yeah <laughs> and Bogart's delivery is just Mwah! really good yeah beautiful they they throw it also he kind of he kind of like uh messes it up when he's like oh and also part camel too and i was like yeah it's not as good you, you, i agree it's like it's like the, when uh when, when trump hit you with the you know it's like when trump hit you with like the 2016 lines you're like yeah and then the 2020 lines you're like this is uh, this is you magnets don't work in water anymore <laughs> So a couple of solid laughs in there too, on top of everything else. Right. Yeah, all the mayhem is also. There's some, there's some really like great lines throughout mm -hmm. this, like sprinkled into the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely really like, uh, like his, uh, his. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll order something and send it back, even if it's perfect. You know, like <laughs> yeah, maybe. Right. <laughs> He's like, like you really, like, like you thought this you out. Thought and this out. Only, <laughs> yeah, and not, and, and all of his things are like kind of petty too. Like yeah. he's like. It's like I don't, don't worry. Like I've, I've thought this out, and like I'm kind of gonna be a dick now that I have money. Like right. <laughs> I'm gonna like you know spit at service workers or something. It'll be cool. Works <laughs> to the rich. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be easy. I, I can't wait till you know a homeless guy asks me for money, and I'll say, "Sorry, brother, can't spare a dime." And I'll you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Christina. Final thoughts. The best Western there is. Suck at John Wayne. Also, needed some women. My only complaint. <laughs> yeah, the characters needed some women too. <laughs> mm -hmm. they that hey, don't, don't, don't think about women. It's not good for your health. <laughs> not good for your health. <laughs> I mean, probably, this is a Bechdel fail, right? I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's, there's like two women in passing walking down in the street. <laughs> this is a man's world. Exactly. <laughs> there's no mountain. <laughs> right. They're like uh, you know, get those broads out of here. Why, why, why are there two women in passing? We we don't. We're trying to do a guy's own movie. Exactly. <laughs> Dudes are trying to rock here. The opposite of a chick. Dare you? I mean, at least like at least they don't. You know, I mean, because John Houston was kind of sexist. Like you know, like know. People, yeah. yeah. Like at least he didn't even in this movie. He doesn't even attempt to you know have the have any female character. Like maybe that's for the better. 
I don't think I don't think it's not it's not a like flattering a, film about human nature. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, and and I don't think adding like a like a Mexican woman would uh you know that it wouldn't it wouldn't age well whatever they did like I don't know like, <laughs> know what the character like no matter what they did it wouldn't age well. yeah well, <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> uh, Andy final thoughts yeah I'm so glad I got to rewatch this because I realized watching it I haven't seen this in forever I, I mean I, I literally can't remember the last time I rewatched it I, it might have been right around the time I saw um uh. From Dust Till Dawn Three, where where Danny Trejo goes, brushes. We don't need no stinking brushes. <laughs> There's a third one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the origin story for Selma Hayek's character for some reason, and, and Selma Hayek's not in it. People people love people love saying something. We don't need no stinking something. Like, this, that, that line will transcend anyone ever. I mean, well, people always remember Treasure of the Sierra Madre. It's in the you know it's in the film registry, but like. I feel like more than like without even knowing where this is from, you're like, yeah, I, I, I know that that's from. It's like, like yeah, Danny Trejo took that from UHF. Well, when I was when I was I I saw it, I saw it at UHF too, and like, uh, but I wasn't thinking about that first. I was thinking about Blazing Saddles, and yeah. like that, I remember hearing that, and then be, like mm-hmm. having it explained to me by like I, I don't know if it was my dad or if it was I like, get at a friend's house, but uh, somebody explained like, oh, well, that's Treasure of the Sierra Madre. That's what they're referencing. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what they're referencing, but it was funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. Talk about the guy from the Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, Conan, final thoughts. Yeah, this is an all-time favorite of mine. I think it's one of the greatest cinematic examples of the corruption of the human soul and spirit by Greed. Uh, yeah. One of my all-time favorite performances by Bogey, who's the villain, and as I mentioned before, approaches Gollum levels of paranoia and possessiveness. The real villain. I love the pacing of this. Not too slow, not too quick. Uh, you know, it's a darkly comic morality tale, uh, grim, unromantic. This is a very unromantic movie, and I, mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Great mm-hmm. storytelling, uh, gorgeous lighting, cinematography, and vistas. Uh, I mentioned the fireplace scenes uh, specifically. I love the shadows in that so much. Again, I think that those that love There Will Be Blood, which I do like, and don't know this classic should be fined because uh, bar, it's one thing to be homaged by something, but like, okay, I get it, man. Uh, it really gets across the era-appropriate poverty in the beginning, and again, getting the gold is just the start of the problem. Uh, I, huge John Houston fan, so I was totally shocked to realize that Walter Houston was his dad and not just some guy, as I mentioned 100,000 times in the show. Uh, and I really think it is one of the ultimate adventure movies. So very, very glad that we were able to get it in for a movie night adventure again and have Eileen on for it. It's great, thank you. I, I think I think last uh, t- time we did Adventure Month, it just ended up being one too many movies. If I remember correctly, I remember I saying, so. "Yeah, I remember saying like we should do it." Like, I, like I was on board for that, and then it was just like one one movie had to get crowded out, and I think it was yeah. this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There was no romance yeah. in the stone that month. <laughs> <laughs> we pushed we uh, we pushed this one out of the tent. <laughs> You know? By the way, Romancing the Stone with Renee Ruin coming up later this month. <laughs> I do like that movie. It's just very, not at the same level. Romancing the, romance, romancing the Bone, right? Yes. So we're, that's we're covering back, in the, back in the days of VHS tape adult sections. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or so no. I hear. <laughs> I'm just going to, you know, you know, badges. We We never needed badges. Just remember that. The real badge was inside of you all along. <laughs> all the time.